I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, a podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me. I'm your host, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I am a stand-up comedian. I have the opportunity to travel to a lot of cool places all over the world, and I am ignorant, and I'm trying to change that. So that's why we're here. We're learning. We're laughing. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, expanding our brains and, and becoming better people. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. Please, please, please. I've gotten a few new subscribers. Uh, no, I got a bunch of new subscribers, but a, f- a few new uh, reviews. Uh, and the number of reviews are dramatically lower than the number of people subscribing and listening. I can see all that stuff, you guys. So come on, just take five seconds, go over to the iTunes store, review me, please. It helps. Uh, I don't know why I'm crying about it, but it's nice. And I, I like reading your reviews. They make me feel real happy. It's great to see uh, that you guys are enjoying it. And if you like the podcast, you can follow that on Twitter at Blessed Podcast, B-L-E-S-S-E-D Podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all one word. And there's actually a photo up of uh, kind of how to review a podcast for dummies type of thing. So you can check out the photos if you're wanting to leave reviews, but uh, having trouble. You can follow me at JMS Comedy on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, You can look that up on Facebook and you'll find my Facebook page. And that's where you can see what's up with me. My guest this week is my brother. Uh, It's, um, oh boy, there's a lot to say, but it's, uh, the, the topic this week is addiction. And my brother... Uh, is in the hospital because uh, of his addiction. And there's a lot I could say. Um, He wanted to tell his story. He uh, originally said that he thought, you know, maybe it would help someone else. And uh, and hopefully it will. Uh, If if it does, that's wonderful. Um, When I said I was going to do an interview, I sort of in my head thought it was going to be an interview about, you know, someone reaching a rock bottom and, and realizing they need to turn their life around. And I don't know if that's what it is. When I first posted that I was interviewing him and I asked for questions, uh, I got a lot of, not a lot, a little bit of flack from people who are like, you shouldn't interview him until he's fully recovered. And I um, don't think that's fair. I think that a big a problem with addressing the drug problem in America is we sweep it under the rug uh, or we devalue the voice of people just because they're on drugs. Uh, drug addicts are still humans. And if you told me, if you asked me before I did this interview, uh, what what my brother was addicted to. What drug is this about? Uh, I would have had an answer for you because I thought it was about one drug. And then I interviewed my brother about his 
journey into drugs and uh, the first time he tried them to all the way through uh, the moment we were in the hospital. And and I learned that uh, he isn't just addicted to one drug. He is just an addict. And uh, I think this just sort of explores that. I plan to do a follow-up podcast with him, which will hopefully be a more, more towards a positive I don't want to say ending but positive uh, progress uh, in six months to a year and, and we'll all go look at that he, he figured it out but I can't uh, I can't guarantee where he'll be six months to a year from now because I'm not him uh, all I can do is hope for the best and love him and uh, and know that uh, it's really up to him and let him know that uh, I am here to support him in his sobriety uh, along with the rest of my family and, and, and try to keep that door open so that hopefully the line of communication being open prevents him from going back down uh, a path that involves drugs. So uh, we talk about doing drugs uh and, uh, you know, get a look at the inside mind of uh, someone who has a lot of experience in the drug world and uh, maybe a, a peek at, at what it's like to be an addict. Uh, if, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. This, is, this isn't a story with a happy ending. This isn't a story about someone who found God and has turned their life around. This is a story of someone who's an addict and uh, they're in it right now. So I'm not going to keep dragging this on. You guys, this is my podcast uh, with my brother and uh, I hope you like it. All right. Here we are uh, at the Orlando Regional Medical Center with my brother, Tom. Hi, I'm Tom. Say hi to the people, Tom. Hi, um, people. Hi, people. He says he waved to the microphone. I have to tell you that driving over here, uh, the exit I had to take was toward, it was like exit toward Epcot. And I was like, it's really weird exiting toward the happiest place on earth on your way to see your brother in the hospital. It's weird. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about the D word, <laughs> drugs. <sighs> Uh, we're fun. Yeah. Sometimes we are, uh, by the time you are listening to this, I've already filled you in on the situation with my, the intro that I'll upload later. So they kind of have a, an, an idea of what's going on, but let's start from, uh, let's start from the beginning, how you got into these, uh, so-called drugs. These, so these very real, they are drugs. They are definitely drugs. Um, Don't waste your money on fake drugs. When did you, (laughs) on fake drugs? Um, when did you get into, what was the first drug you did? Pot? No, the first drug I did, I could probably think like, you know, psychiatrist for, you know, like when I was a kid. Oh, Ritalin. Yeah. Like, you know, like speed, good old fashioned speed. Everybody loves speed, right? Yeah. You were on Ritalin yeah, for your ADHD. ADHD medication at a young age, like probably like eight or nine. And they're like, oh yeah, you're super hyperactive here. Have speed. Do you think that, which makes no sense by the way, but I guess it works 
allegedly, if you have, not allegedly, but if you have ADHD, it, it programs your brain differently than someone who doesn't. So it's oh. supposed to help you focus. Do you remember know. that? Do you remember it making you? I remember concentrate? it sort of, but like, I mean, for the most part, like I was a kid and like, I mean, your structure is totally different. Like when you're a kid, like I've done like I've done methamphetamines as an adult like, yeah. and it's totally like, <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like oh man uh, i'm adhd so this is like uh, whoa <laughs> it was like definitely like woo like it was definitely like a ride i don't remember it being like that when i was a kid but like as far as the first drugs i ever did it's definitely speed and like just that whole hit him with you know ritalin and do you think that that's like uh i think that adhd is massively overdosed or overdosed overdiagnosed i think it is or, or overly treated i think that sometimes it's easier to write off a kid being a kid yeah and it's as like i think it might be just a symptom of something like way larger than that. trauma or something not even necessarily trauma it's just like maybe an overactive brain or like someone who has a lot of energy or like they don't really fit into the norm or not even fit but like Maybe they have their own way of thinking about how shit should be. And, like, people are like, I don't think so. You're eight and you don't know. Like, you're not able to sit at a desk all day. There's something wrong with you. You can't sit here and focus for eight hours a day? You can't be a potato? A potato. Then you're just, you can't be a tomato. You gotta be a potato. This is is a potato school. (laughs) This is, we don't have tomatoes here. But here, take this pill. It's gonna make you a potato tomato. And you're like, oh, tomatoes and potatoes. Did you, but you... There were, uh, wasn't uh, dad stealing your Ritalin? Yeah, he was, and he was replacing it with fucking sugar pills. For wasn't the guy. there a point that like uh, you figured that out, right? Yeah, I did. It was like mom couldn't handle you one day. Yeah, and I was like, that, and it was like I knew I don't know. My dad was stealing my pills. You just like, knew you were taking a different pill. Yeah, I knew it was something different because it wasn't affecting me the same way. And like, I mean, not to say that like the Ritalin was working or whatever. Maybe it was, but I mean, how the fuck would I know? My dad was stealing them and giving me sugar pills. What the fuck? Well, like, remove that and then also give any kid sugar. Yeah, right? Like, like, especially me. I'm like, oh, hopped up on ADHD medication. Let's give him sugar pills. Like, you know, I think he even like gave the ones at my school. I think that's how he got them first. He like put sugar pills in the bottle for the ones at school because oh, they, they were giving to me at school oh. like they were giving me Ritalin at school but I mean for all I know the nurse at school could have been fucking taking them I don't know okay so that is that how they found out that someone was stealing you no your- like I think mom figured it out I don't know how she was drinking a lot back then but like I think she figured it out I remember her telling a story of there being a day where you were just acting hyper and mom being the mom that no. she is is like why are you acting so crazy? <laughs> she's like, couldn't handle children. And uh, I remember her telling me this story. I don't know if you'll remember it, but her repeating that you were like, well, those pills you've been giving me aren't my pills. Like my pills normally say like you were already hyper aware of like what pills look like. Yeah, I was like, like, I knew what I was taking. And like, I, and know, I think I it was, su- was it sugar pills? I thought she said you were getting stuff replaced with Sudafed, but that could just be a thing I made up in my head. I mean, Sudafed makes sense, but like, I mean, I think there were sugar pills. If there was Sudafed, like that makes sense. Like, I feel like that would calm you according down. According to like <laughs> dad, he was like, friends with like the biggest meth cook in loosedale mississippi which is true actually i found out like later on in life that he was is that, that like, was that tommy yeah tommy debo man i remember for everyone listening to our knowledge as kids i don't know if you already like figured this out at that time but like 
I never knew dad was doing drugs until like way later. I, I don't know. I had a sneaking suspicion. Oh, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Uh, Tommy was just like, to my knowledge, a man who owned a watermelon farm. I never met Tommy. We just would go pick watermelon on his watermelon farm and, uh, and visit Benny. Tom, Tommy and Benny. What a, I, any, not any logical that. adult would be like, well, I was a little kid. I don't know. You're just like, I, I didn't recognize it either until I got older. And then I was like, wait like, a minute. How oh. did I not see that? Tommy, Benny, Susan, trailers, Loosedale, Mississippi. No one, no one just innocently owns a watermelon farm that they're never at, by the way. Right. And then just let people go pick them. Yeah. Just like, go yeah, pick some fine. watermelon. Go pick them. Load your truck up. It's fine. Yeah. We would load them up and sell them. Yeah. It was like, what's the first, that was like my first side hustle. Like was going and picking watermelons and then selling them in the neighborhood. Like, yeah, and that was how I made money. Like, Thanks to Tommy for that. I wonder if dad spent some of that money on drugs. Oh, God. He would probably, he probably got drugs for us working the farm. He'd be like, I bring the kids. They'll work the farm. You can give me an eight ball and it'll be fine. Oh, that's crazy. But you got to remember where they worked at. They worked at Ingalls. It's a shipyard. Yeah. So like they were getting paid to be up and working. So like that was going to be the drug of choice that was there. Oh, so they like were, they had to get up super early. They had like long hours. Yeah. And like, this is like, I don't know when methamphetamines was first formulated and took hold of the south but like this is back when like that was first happening and like i mean so like not to brag but our dad is kind of a pioneer <laughs> i guess like i mean tommy debeau was in the dixie mafia for fuck's sake like tommy debeau yeah that just sounds like a movie character man his daughter dixie was, mafia. his daughter was cool but like she wasn't sweeter than old sunshine who sunshine the sunshine benny's daughter yeah you guys these just sound we just sound like two rednecks we're oh, gonna say when did you uh when did you first know the dad did drugs um man i found a fucking quarter bag of weed in his sock drawer like, when i was super young i was probably nine nine okay. ten but like i didn't smoke it like, I didn't do it. I was kind of scared. Did you so, know like, that it, were you like, this is drugs? Oh, I knew what it was. It do was you remember like, why you were in his underwear drawer? Yeah, I was like going through it looking for like a gun or something. So I was like. Bored? Yeah. Because well, <laughs> we were neglected. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll just find it. Yeah, are you looking for a gun? a gun or something. Were or, you like, going to kill yourself? Cool. No, I was going to go hunting. Like, I mean. When <laughs> we were hunting in the backyard? House, yeah, we go to Benny's house. They had like shotguns, BB guns. I get to shoot him all the time. And I was like, he's got to have a gun around here. He's like rednecky. He's got to have a gun. So I searched for like, didn't find it. Found a big old bat, bat bag of weed though. Yeah. Sitting in a sock drawer. What did you do? It. I took some of it, like some of it. And I went to Dustin Nelson's house, my buddy who lived behind us. And he was like, oh, we can smoke some of it. And I was like, no, I don't, I was scared. I'm not going to do drugs. I, like, I don't want to do that. And his brother ended up buying some of it. So and you like, sold it. Yeah, I sold it. And then we went to the little country store and bought a bunch of candy and shit. So, like, that was my first introduction to, like... So, you were like, oh, people will buy whatever that stuff in my yeah, dad's drawer and is. And I can, like, use it to, like, buy whatever I want. Like, so that was my first introduction at a really young age. Like, how the game worked. I mean, not really the game, but, like, how drugs and, like, profiting from selling drugs worked. is like, well, I don't do this, but, like, I can get it. And, like, at that point, it was pretty much stealing it. And I was like... So then profit. it's like 100% profit and exactly. you don't do it. So you're not 
So I'm thinking, I'm doing my dad a favor. I'm like, I'm taking drugs away yeah, from me. Poor dad does it. Someone probably put drugs in his drawer. I know. I'm saving him. Like, you know, Oh, like, no. The poor guy. So naive. God. Oh, that's so crazy. Did you Do you remember how much you sold it for? Man, super cheap. It was like nothing. And it was a fat bag. I got my ass beat super bad for it, too. By dad? Oh, yeah. That's such a weird... I got beat. Oh, God. I got my That's ass a beat. weird thing to like discipline your kid for because it's like well why did you have drugs in the house yeah right and like, it's like I who is really beat. yeah yeah like, oh god whoa. it was rough i wonder i mean that sounds like time wise if you were like nine i would have been seven so that's not too long before dad left so i feel like no it's not was he like, on meth <laughs> that was probably like that was probably like the beginning of the end for mom and like oh well, you found th- the kids found drugs in the house and like i don't know i don't really see mom maybe she smoked a little pot back in the day but i don't see her being like a speed freak or anything like that she just drank a lot no i think my i think mom i could see her in her youth recreationally doing drugs probably yeah but not after she had the kids no uh, she, she drank, drank all the time yeah, and i so. think that speed would be the opposite of what she Why wanted because I feel to, like she drank to shut off her brain. Yeah, she did. She which was I get trying to accomplish something, and speed would have just set that back. Yeah, a thousand so, times. So I could see, I could see them like maybe smoking. It's weird fights. to think you don't. I know. I remember them having fights about that shit. Like, well, maybe not necessarily the speed, but the weed thing, and like, there's drugs in the house, and blah blah blah. I remember hearing that shit. Like, that's so. You know what's so crazy is that like. You've said that and mom will like has repeated stories about fighting and how we would just be in our rooms and like for some reason I remember nothing before like I don't remember anything before dad left. Really? Like huh. And I don't I am not going to go into my own I, that there's probably trauma that is like suppressed or whatever probably. but like it's just all of my knowledge, like my quote memories of them fighting is just stories mom has repeated. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I remember a lot. And of I was stuff. definitely there just in my room, like mentally checked out, listening to country music and probably making my Barbies fuck each other or whatever <laughs> weird shit I did as a kid, just <laughs> beating a glow worm and being like, respect me. That never happened. Uh, I would never beat my glow worm. Uh, I love my glow worm. Until mom sold all of my toys in a garage, or the yard sales. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> all of my stuff got sold too, man. That was, man, she started drinking heavy after dad left, though. Yeah, right? that's crazy. Wow. I remember, there's just, it's just uh, interesting how addiction runs in families. And like, it really is. Do you think that there's, do you think that you were influenced? into drugs by because of like knowing dad did them or because mom drank i don't know man like i'll be the first person to say like drugs are like drugs make you feel good like i mean that's what people do i'm like okay that's the problem with drugs they work they they, they work they're they, they have a purpose and they have an efficacy rate that's off the charts that's why they still use them today in like medicine and like recreational use but like i mean you have to be in a certain mindset to want to even try drugs which like. i think is a is a place where to me i don't know i guess we'll get there with you when did you actually so that's when you first discovered drugs yeah but I, like i didn't I didn't smoke it. Like, yeah. I didn't smoke the pot. I sold it. Like, I was an entrepreneur. I wasn't a drug addict. How long after that Ooh. was it before you tried any type of substance or, like, 
Even cigarettes or something. I smoked cigarettes from a young age, like really young. Like with Dustin? Probably. Did yeah, you get them from his, like, yeah, steal them from? Dustin would go steal packs from his mom and shit like that. And like, so, I mean, we used, I smoked from a young age, so. Like sixth, fifth or sixth grade or something, probably Maybe earlier? like, yeah, fifth grade. God. So we, I mean, I wasn't smoking like a pack a day or nothing no, like that. No, it was that, just like, we're like, cool, we're smoking a cigarette. Exactly, like, you know, we let, like, the older kids see us smoke, so they thought we were cool or whatever. Like, <laughs> just, you know, stupid little jitterbug shit. But, I mean, the first, like, drugs that I did on my own that weren't prescribed by a doctor, <laughs> which is odd to say because, like, yeah, the ones that were prescribed by a doctor were like way harder. They're like you know Ritalin and shit like that. But I oh, mean, for we the can most pause. part, hang on, nurse coming in, and we are back after. Uh, I forgot why we stopped originally, and then you also to took an hour to poop. Uh, you guys, uh, boy, the struggle. <laughs> of for real, trying to get up. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, We're winded and. Winded from Light. passing wind. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was wind. If anything, it'd been mud. <laughs> oh my god! I should not have brought you a chicken sandwich. This is my fault. No, and then I had lunch on top of that. It was double whammy. Oh god! Uh, well, whammy. At least you're making it to the toilet now, and it's not just in a pile. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, for that, the sweet, sweet nurse to clean. Um. <laughs> anyways, you guys, that has nothing to do with anything. I'm just talking about poop because I'm me and I'm disgusting. Uh. Oh, where we left off was you getting into drugs. That's right. And like the whole Ritalin thing and like... When did you start... When was your first foray into like... I don't want to... Even recreational drug... When did you use an, an illegal, unprescribed drug for the first time? Was it in Mississippi or Alaska? It was Mississippi. Okay. It was pot and it was... Oh, No. It was pot, and then some pills that we found at Dustin's house. You just took pills? Yeah. Was this when we still lived in Pinehurst? Yeah. It was Dustin Nelson, the guy who lived behind us. That that kid's always up to no good. You know, like, um, I, I ran into him later on in life. At, how's like, he doing? I don't know. I, I didn't say it was me, and I just barely knew it was him. Oh, did he look rough? Yeah, he looked really rough. And he was walking, like, by you here in Florida. It was like, he's walking by UCF, and I was skateboarding outside of the University Surfing Sport. And uh, this dude walked up and he was like, because he always did this thing where he was like, and he spit. He like, wipe his mouth and he spit. And he did had a real weird mannerism when he did it. And he did it. And I was like, I was fucking kidding. That's so and he weird. he asked me for a cigarette. And I was like, yeah, I have a cigarette here. He's like, then do I know you? And I was like, this fucking kid. This is Dustin Nelson. I didn't say anything. And he walked off and that was the last time I ever seen him. Oh, that's crazy. But it was super weird. But yeah, I was with him. It was just like some pills we found. In so that was probably like fifth. I mean, we moved out out of there when I was in fourth grade. So you must have been in. I mean, like fifth grade, fourth. I mean, yeah, or, or like, at the oldest. Yeah. Fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. Um, and it was pills. It wasn't like weed or anything because I had smoked pot like before, not a lot, like just a little bit, but like with Dustin. Yeah. This just troublemaker. What I stole from dad and stuff like that. Yeah. How you doing? Hi. Hi. Should we pause? Yeah. Let's pause. Listen, you guys, we're back after a a break, but also me recording for probably almost an hour and not knowing I wasn't. When I say recording, I mean we were talking to microphones, <laughs> and I had not hit record. Uh, uh -huh. You guys missed a hot story, and we're wrapping up now. I'm kidding. Okay, when we left off, when I was actually recording, <laughs> I feel so dumb. Um, 
we were talking about how your foray into drugs. So you tried pot for the first time uh, in Mississippi, and then you like once took a some pills. That, but that was like an isolated like let's yeah, take these like pills one time. And, and like I didn't really get into pills until like man alaska alaska yeah would you say that like would you say before alaska any i mean it was probably mostly pot and just sort of you being like uh just trying to be like oh i want these you know i'm a kid think i'm cool other kids like yeah it's mostly like at that age man you're pretty much susceptible to like what's around you so i mean that's why like if you're from like the south or whatever you have like a meth problem or if you're from up north or you're from the east coast you have like a heroin problem and it's just like it's regional you're doing the dr- what's around. Drug of choice yeah, yeah. It's, your drug of choice is what's around you and like you know so would do you think most drug addicts are just like whatever give me drugs <laughs> i mean no not necessarily like i think you you fall victim to like where you're at yeah. regionally maybe if that if that is like a better explanation of it so like living in our first neighborhood our so because we went from a suburban neighborhood to uh we moved to the projects after our dad left yeah. would you so you in the sub, suburban whatever neighborhood you're smoking pot with the kid behind our house yeah and that was kind of like the worst it got or yeah pretty much there wasn't like an introduction to pills or anything until we moved to westgate and even then it was like isolated like Nicole had found like some I think I think they were like Vicodin or something from her mom or, or so something. this is like fifth and sixth sixth grade yeah, I guess. this is like one time like and, and it's just going just, like what are these yeah and they knocked us out and we were you stupid just took a nap and I we're mean, like we tried to have sex but we were like didn't know what we were doing and like <laughs> that's you know, it was, so funny yeah, it was super awkward and fucking <laughs> it's weird like a sixth grader like let's have sex yeah <laughs> joked out on Vicodin like Ugh. you've never had sex and then you nope. can't yeah and <laughs> you're you trying can't to do it on have sex and then you're like oh well, that was that was weird then you kind of like get burned out on both of them you're like okay maybe we should wait i'm just gonna wait for love so but yeah but like <laughs> wait for marriage before i do like it again <laughs> um okay so we moved to alaska you were in seventh grade yeah seventh grade 1999 sounds about right something like that yeah i remember being in alaska for the y2k uh when we moved to alaska did you immediately find people that smoked pot like were you or were you kind of like um yeah, but I didn't really, like, soiree into it right off the bat. Yeah. So you just sort of happened to befriend kids? Yeah, and, like, it was, like, before I left, man, I had a really I had a really good friend who was, like, and he helped me out a lot. And, like, his family, they were from Alaska, and, like, I asked him. His name is AJ Kirby. Oh, yeah, the Kirby's. Yeah, the Kirby's. The, the whole mess of them. The whole clan of Kirby's. Yeah, the whole clan of Kirby's. So, like... Mormon and... Yeah, Mormon. The nicest people on Mormon the planet. Mormon and Maiden. That's what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, there was so many Kirby's. They were, and they didn't have enough. They had to, they had to adopt two of them. So, like, That's, they had, All of them were... All the boys were A's, and all the girls were R's. Except for they were Blythe. Except for Blythe and Garrett, the two adopted kids. The two adopted kids. Um, I remember that. I remember being like, oh, we're moving to Anchorage. And because I was friends with Rebecca and being like, you're from there, right? <laughs> yeah. And they were from there. And like, you know, it was they were like, yeah, da, 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 da. And like AJ never really warned me about the whole drug thing. It was just, well, were you guys smoking pot? Well, it, well at mm. that age, you guys probably didn't know about it. Like We, he, we did like his little shitbag cousin, Clint would have pot and like we'd smoke it with Clint every now and again but it was like one or two hits and it would be like 
on a like a midnight and we'd sneak out and like he'd have yeah. a one hitter and like we'd all take one hit and be like, oh, we're all so stoned. Yeah, like, but like you know, as we sixth graders, pie. seventh graders, you're like, you don't know that there's a huge drug problem. No. Because you're, especially AJ, who's like family is. Mormon as shit. Yeah, and super like just sweet. And if they were aware of that in Alaska, probably I imagine would have tried to shelter their kids from it to protect them. From Definitely, it. even more. Yeah, for sure. So, so we go to Alaska. When would you say that you got into any type of drugs in Alaska? Let's see. Maybe the summer of like ninth grade. Summer of ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Or just like eighth grade going into ninth grade. Pot summer. again. Yeah. No, it was more like pot, and then pills kind of made like a an intro introduction. And was it anything specific? Uh, mostly just Xanax. Xanax? Yeah. Okay. Where did uh did you get that from a friend or were you Yeah, we found it oh we got it from someone's friend a friend's mom or something like that. Like Was it from our mom? I feel no, like she would have said No, maybe mom. not. I, don't know. I got it from her later on in like, <laughs> like No, this is someone else's mom. Like that was a big drug up there was Xanax because just people had it. Big drug anywhere, I guess, at that time. So I mean, that was like, and drinking, and then like, that was, that just sets the bar for a whole bunch of debauchery and fuckery right there. Just drinking and doing Xanax? Yeah, Xanax and benzos. Did you? Alcohol and benzos are just a terrible combination in any, especially when you're like a prepubescent child and like, you know, you have that kind of stress going on and like, your brain's all out of whack. Yeah, your Did you ever do anything around that time? You have any like crazy stories? I mean, no. I mean, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. That you remember you probably blacked out most of it i mean i was like i stayed at this girl kelly bradley's house one time and i jerked off in the sleeping bag <laughs> that's hilarious but i also feel like that could just be something a weird horny little kid would yeah, do I'm mean, like well oh, i'm gonna jerk off in this bag <laughs> yeah i mean that was like the weirdest shit shit ever got like it wasn't as anything super weird like that or no it didn't really have any blackouts <laughs> that i really remember <laughs> i don't really remember happy that. camping yeah for real, happy <laughs> camper i was uh oh that's okay well then, around what tenth grade? I remember you moving from. You went to live with dad. Yeah. And what I don't remember the catalyst for that was, did the parents kind of send you. Yeah, it was more like, oh, if you don't like abide by our rules and this and that, then I'm just gonna go to send you live with dad. And I was like, well, why don't you just do that anyway? And they did that anyway. So. And you're like, <laughs> okay. There I went. Were you like trying to get them to call your bluff or were you yeah, like. I guess. I was just like trying to be a dick about it. Or were you it. also like, I don't give a shit. I didn't really care at that point. Like, yeah. I should have cared more because like when I got to Florida, it was like super odd because dad was like, oh, well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I smoked a little pot in my day. And, you know, then he wanted to give me the rundown of all the drugs he did. And this Yeah, and that, that happened was, to me too when I visited when I was 16. Yeah, it's like, it was cool to like smoke pot and drink and stuff because he's the cool dad. He's the cool dad. I'm a cool dad. I'm cool dad number 5.0. Just, uh, if you're going to do drugs, make sure you do them in my house. That's right. So he told me that when I, the one time I 
visited when I was 16. And then when I, before sure Sharon, yeah, before I lost contact with him, like at the beginning of college, he's like, if you're going to do drugs, do them in the safety of my home. Cause I know how to handle an overdose, which in reality, I'm like, I think he just wanted me to have drugs and bring them over. Yeah, he definitely did. He's definitely an addict. Like, I was like, I know. don't really do drugs. He, um, <laughs> he told me the same thing. And like, Man, one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had on drugs was with my dad. Really? Oh, yeah. What happened? Fucking super weird. What happened? It was mushrooms. You did mushrooms with a dad? Yeah. Oh, no. It was fucking weird. Really? How old were you? Oh, man. I was like 15. 15? Yeah. And you did shrooms with dad? Yeah. And like it was super weird because I got into like mushrooms and I went and picked them. And like, cause we lived in Chiliota or not, yeah, we lived in Chiliota at the time and I did like a little bit of research, you know, cause I'm like that. And you like, research out, your drugs? You go pick them. And like I went and picked them and like, you know, I knew what to look for. I was like all stoked. I did got, I got, I think I still have the library book out of the high school. <laughs> like, I fucking, I was That's into so funny it. that that was in a high school. Yeah, I was into it, man. So like we went and picked, I went and picked them and like got back and we ate them and like all he wanted to do was play video games and shit. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like. And he didn't know what to do. And I was like, so I just sat in my room and like fucking tripped out. like with the Just lights by off. yourself with yeah, the lights like, off? Yeah. How was that? Just I like tripping out. In, I never want to be inside doing mushrooms. Dude, I don't either. I fucking hate it. I have to be outside like now. I can't be inside. I have to like. I need open sky. Yeah. And like it was the worst trip I ever had. It was my first trip and it was the worst trip. And, and like, he just wanted to play video games? Yeah. He's like, let's play these video games. And I was like, what the fuck? No. Let's go do something. And I was like, he's like, no, you can't go outside. You're on drugs. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? No, this isn't how this is supposed to go. And like, you know, now he wanted to be all parental and shit. And I was like, we just did drugs together. Why are you trying to it's be like, this is parental? where you're drawing the line is outdoors. Yeah. Right. Maybe you shouldn't have let me go out earlier when I got the drugs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't pick these. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. No, I'm on drugs. Like, you know, so I just like was forced to sit in my room and like freak the fuck out for like, I don't know what seemed like eight hours. It wasn't, but like. Finally, I went to sleep, and like that was the worst trip I ever had. Really? Did you cry? Only, it was the oh yeah, it was Did the only yell? bad trip I've ever had. Yeah, I was like in my blanket with a pillow around me, like sweating and like uh, uh, like freaking the fuck out. It was bad, dude. Yeah. And like I ate way too many mushrooms too. Like the oh, first no. time, I didn't know how much to eat. So you're just like, nom, so nom, yeah, nom. I probably ate like a quarter ounce. Like I was fucking frying hard, man. And like it was bad. Did you have any? good spiritual realizations i mean how like ego shedding that helped or yeah like i guess i got like pretty far along and like why i don't trust my dad (laughs) pretty much figured that out Why like (laughs) mom and dad got a divorce i guess i I nicked that one in the bud right there yeah yeah but like i came to terms with all that shit and like but i mean i never wanted to do psychedelics with my dad again ever god to this day i won't like i mean i smoked salvia with him one time or a couple of times, like, that was intense, but, like, I was already in a different place then. Like, I was just laughing, and he freaked out one time, and it was fucking super awesome. Really? Yeah, oh, God, it was, like, What, from sweet, salvia? Sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Is that, what is that? It's, like, it's a like, a weed herb. that makes you trip? It's, like, a herb-like thing, and you smoke it, and it has, like, this super psychedelic property, but it only has a psychedelic property if you smoke it a certain way. Oh. You have to, like, burn it with a butane torch and, like, smoke it in a water pipe and, like, hold it in for a while. I don't even know this. Yeah, like, it's... Did you research that in a book, too? Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, I'm, like, drug child for real. I know a lot about, like, I mean, imagine what kind of science work you could have done if you were interested in anything as much as you were interested in drugs. Right? And, like, especially at that age, like, when you're, like, a sponge soaking all this shit up, I was just like, drugs! 
So I know a lot about a lot of drugs, like especially weird ones like salvia and shit like that. Because we used to, I got I talked Dad and Marion into growing it. They were growing it. I was growing it. Oh, so you talked them to. They let wouldn't let me grow pot, so like. Be like, because salvia is technically legal. legal. It's like an herb. Yeah. Because it's like can't bother you unless you do it this really weird specific exactly. way. And you have to take it out and like dry it and then like put it in the freezer you don't have to put it in the freezer but like it helps it or whatever so yeah. you dry it put it in the freezer and take it out you have to smoke it a certain way to like get it to have yeah. the effects that's crazy because that, that's interesting to hear because i remember smoking it once in my freshman year of college like oh let's get you know all the freshmen living in a dorm like let's get some salvia and smoke it and we did and i was like okay i don't even smoke that much weed and i don't know if like the weed in alaska is just too good but like this doesn't feel like anything dude no it's uh oh that shit's intense that's crazy and, like they have different extracts now that you can get and like whoa like whoa 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 are you still smoking i mean obviously you're not doing anything here but no were you frequenting salvia places no not really like that's just something you do every now you don't want to do it all the time like i didn't want to do it all the time anyway it's fucking intense like, with it's really intense. Yeah? Okay. Especially like the 10 extracts or like the 15 extract. Like, whoa. Ugh. Like, it makes you laugh super hard. Like, I remember smoking it with Dad and Marion and Jesse. <laughs> and like, we were all sitting at the table. So weird. I like, don't talk to any of those people. Dude, we were all sitting at the fucking table. And we smoked it out of the water bong with the, with the butane lighter. And like, everybody turned into Playmobil and like, started <laughs> swapping faces. And like they had to stop me from trying to walk into the corner, which I thought was a door. And I was like, I'm going to the Playmobil guy's house. It's cool. He's got something to drink. You were like tripping. Yeah, I was tripping balls. That's like, crazy. It was was everyone tripping? Oh, yeah. But were they all like laughing? Yeah, we were all laughing. We That's such good. a like white trash bonding. Oh, yeah. we, we all smoked a, a bunch of salvia and we laughed and laughed. Yeah. Mary and then we played, what would we do if we win the lottery? Yeah, right. For real. We did like. <laughs> That's, all, That's, That's all they all ever talk ever about. That's all they ever talk about is what we do when we won the lottery. That was our family game. Yeah. Like, right. no, we don't need real games, kids. We'll just talk about what, what we'll do when we win the lottery. That's how we're going to have a future. That's the only way. That's. I mean. Boy, are they disappointed that they haven't won the lottery yet. I Should think that was their been financial porn, plan. Playing white trash, but I'm going to win the lottery one day. Dad's like, I would have gotten a job years ago if I knew it was going to take this long to win the lottery. No, he wouldn't know. <laughs> That's true. Um, when would you say drugs became a problem? Oh, man. When I moved back to Alaska. Yeah? Yeah. What happened? Ooh. Oxycontin made a resurgence in my life and like were all your friends doing Oxycontin when you came back? No. No. Okay. No. We started like small. Came back and for your graduation. Oh, you did come back for my graduation. Yeah. Were you just visiting then? Yeah, well, I was supposed to just visit and then I ended up staying. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, so like uh I came back for your graduation and um from high school and I ended up staying Ended up having that apartment with Sean and Alexa. Oh yeah, what was that apartment like? Oh man, it was weird. <laughs> but was it a gross, dirty like? No. Oh, okay. It wasn't gross or dirty. I mean, I just picture like, yeah, we definitely do drugs, and we're a bunch of young kids trying to have our own apartment, but we don't know how to be adults. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was totally like that. But yeah, like, we were growing pot in there and shit, and like, but so it you guys was were growing like a drug. Yeah, it was definitely like a drug house. Like definitely like a drug house, but. That's when, like, drugs made, like, a big, big splash. Or we made a big splash into drugs, I should say. Yeah. It's like, we started doing, like, all sorts of drugs. Like, we started getting oxys and, like, lots of them. And, like... Where were you getting them from? Selling them. Um, 
I might have had some friends in Florida that were helping out with that. Oh, okay. They were like cheap in Florida. And I didn't really do them there. So like I would get them or someone else would get some from somewhere else that they knew. Like Sean went, lived in Texas for a little bit. He went to college there. So like he would get them from someone down there. And little Timmy was living. Where was Timmy living? Anyway, we get it from Timmy sometimes. So we had connections all over like the United States. And like this sounds weird for a bunch of kids who were just like out of high school and like, you know, like dealing yeah. drugs. Like, you know, we were like for real dealing drugs. We were like, like hardcore drug dealers. Yeah. We didn't see a problem with it, or we didn't see anything wrong with it. Did you feel like, like that? You didn't. You no, never didn't felt like, what like, the fuck am I doing? No, we weren't like, yeah, we're big time dope pushers and shit. We didn't see it like that. We just okay. saw it as like, hey, man, we have like this opportunity to make a little bit of money. And like, that's how we looked at it. Did you feel like this is just going to be a temporary thing we did? And one day we'll be like, ah, oh, we were kids and we made a bunch of money. And exactly. Like, you thought, we'll do it for a little while, make some money, and then figure out what we're doing with our lives. Yeah, until it like totally fucks up your life. And like, but I mean, I think that's how everything starts is like innocent and then it just gets out of hand and it just tumbles into something that you never could have fucking fathomed and like it just gets so much worse than you ever imagined. Yeah. When was yeah. the first, uh, when was the first time you went, um, that you were like, Oh shit, this is a problem. I have some, this isn't, what was your first big, like, Oh fuck, this might be getting out of control. Um, Man, it was probably when, like, I got kicked out of, like, the apartment from, by Alexa. Alexa kicked you out? Yeah, because she got, like, hella, like, hooked on oxys and shit and, like, coke. And I was started selling coke at the time because, I mean, that's how I pay my rent sometimes. Yeah, so was she, like, trying to kick you out as her own, like, self-preservation? Yeah. Like, get I the think... fuck out. I don't want to be doing all this coke. You have a bunch of coke. Yeah, and it was more like she just didn't I think it was because I just wouldn't give it to her and oh she was okay like, well, fuck you da, 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 she's da. like angry and on drugs at the time exactly yeah. so she made some rash decisions but I mean I can't blame her for that shit just blame the cocaine I guess where did you go after that I moved into Ryan's next door and started growing pot and, like he taught me how to grow pot and Ryan shit like that. Brewster. Brewster yeah okay yeah so like I moved into Ryan's next door and she didn't like that because she thought she was going to get rid of me <laughs> like by this time after like all the oxys and like we were already like push past fucking growing pot and shit and like i was full bore like selling cocaine and oxycontins and like just i wasn't doing a whole lot of it I was more selling it to make money but like it's definitely like dabbling more than i probably should have yeah but you think that like you just weren't aware that you were over dabbling yeah i mean and like i wasn't aware of like how much my friends were dabbling into that shit is either like i wasn't like aware of like how much sean might have been doing or how much alexa was doing because she was fucking off the richter with the coke at this point and like sean was always pretty level-headed and like like we both like the oxys and shit like that so the yeah. coke thing and then our other neighbor red he sold coke you just had a neighbor named red who sold coke of course yeah and like <laughs> i mean if you've lived in alaska or anything you know who this dude is like he was my neighbor and like was, it, was your other neighbor mr c no it was <laughs> it was ryan actually so it was like me in the us in the middle me sean alex in the middle red on this end and then brewster on this end yeah and then the landlord the left and right in the very front of the complex Christy. yeah so like ryan had like cocaine and all this shit then we had like the weed front and then Red sold cocaine too, but like Red's cocaine was super good. So 
go back from the weed to the cocaine and then I ended up living with Ryan for a while. We ended up harvesting a bunch of weed. Like, okay. But then at this point, Ryan was all yacked out on coke and like just really far gone on whip it and cocaine. So like I was like kind of not into it. So I think at this point I moved back with mom. Yeah. Dude, was it when you moved back with mom? Cause I, I remember you moving back in, I think right out like while I was in college, you were moved back in by the time I came back that summer after college. Yeah, but so. was a little of that, like you trying to take a step back, like this is getting out of hand. Uh, I need yeah, to get away from it, it. I think it was like, but at the same time I was still like messing with the same people and like selling dope and shit like that. Like, to make money. Like, when you say so. dope. Like at this point it was Coke. Coke. Okay. Yeah, it was cocaine at this point. Um, and what were you, were you doing cocaine regularly? What were you doing regularly? Not really. I was more like smoking pot regularly. And like, I was just getting into smoking oxys. Smoking oxys. Yeah. Smoking them. How does that, how do you smoke an oxy? You take it and you take the coating off. Yeah. And then you can only do this with like OCs, like, the old formulations. Yeah, I don't even know what they look like. Did it used to be like a capsule type pill? No, they were just oh. a hard pill and you suck the coating off and then there were this white pill and then that you put it on the foil and then you could smoke it. Does the coating taste like M&M? Um, like how Advil sweet. do? Yeah, no. I was like, I could have made a killing being that person that sucks the coating, that candy yeah, right. flavored coating off of drugs. For real. Uh, but no, it doesn't really taste like and that. And what, you just smoke it what, like on in a pipe? How does a foil. that? foil. You smoke it on a piece of foil. I don't even understand how that you works. Break it like you break it in half. You don't have to, but like that's the best way to so you can get the innards of the pill. Like you put it on the foil and you like freebase it. You like like you light, light it, it and then you and you run it down the foil and you just you like huff the smoke. The smoke? Oh, yeah. Okay. So like I always wondered. I didn't it was know what smoking them and then like I had you at that point. The first time you smoked an oxy, you didn't go. Maybe I have a problem. No, I was like, this shit's fucking cool. So you were just like, this feels good. I'm having fun. Yeah. And like, it was what I thought was like almost instant when you smoked it after that first hit. You were just like, whoa. It, was it just a whole different feeling from taking yeah, it's it? A whole, it's a whole different Is it like monster. just next level of? Yeah. So that was, you'd like leveled up in drugs. Pretty much. Yeah. I got graduated, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. So didn't that, did that become like a habit? Oh yeah. Instantly. Immediately. Like, and then like, man, that's all I wanted to do was smoke oxy. So like, that's all everybody wanted to do was smoke oxy, smoke oxy. So, I mean, those things weren't fucking cheap. They were like 120 bucks a pop. Yeah. So how are you paying for those? All different ways. Selling coke, selling drugs. Selling drugs just to get more. So you were selling other drugs so you could afford your drug habit. Yeah. Oh man. Did you ever do anything crazy to get drugs? Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like lots of times. Okay. Lots and lots of times. Uh, yeah. I won't ask you to go into details because no, I don't know not. what the legalities around this are. Yeah, I hope you haven't said anything to this point yet that could <laughs> incriminate myself. Incriminate I'm not you. trying to, but yeah, no, I've done some wild shit for dope. Um, like, yeah. Any, uh, is there anything you can share? Anything you'd be willing to share? I mean, or just like, did you start selling off shit? I remember a bunch of my stuff going missing. Did you sell my stuff for drugs? I mean, probably not. I was more inventive, like... Because I lost a guitar and a Nintendo system. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I did that. Like, I could have had a dope-egged friend over that was like, oh, let me get this. Like, oh, okay. you know, that's completely possible. But, I mean, like, whatever. I tried not to, like, take my fucking family stuff and sell it for dope just because I was like, 
I'm not going to be that guy. So you're like, because like, well, then then you have to go, maybe I have a problem. Yeah. And then I just go to someone else's house and take their shit and sell it for dope. So. Yeah. Well, I think we all like, I think all addicts or anyone even dabbling toward addiction probably has like that mental barrier set up of like, you know, as long as I'm not doing this, I don't have a problem. Like exactly. when I smoked pot and I still occasionally smoke pot, I just don't do a lot of it. But I remember, well, I, I don't buy it. So because that was back when like i thought oh weed you know like yeah, which like, sounds Ooh. so stupid now that it's like proven Legal. to help yeah, and right. is good for especially like i have pain it helps but it's like well as long as i'm not buying it then i'm not, I'm not then i don't have a problem exactly you have a whole stigma that you put yourself on certain stuff and like as long as i don't do x then i don't have a y so when you were smoking oxys what was your as long as I'm not doing this, I'm okay. As long as I'm not shooting them, I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. I was like, our like little <laughs> motto, like, well, we're not shooting them, so like, we're not, we're okay. We're not injecting, so we are not yeah, real not, addicts. We're not addicts yet. So that was so wrong. Okay. Yeah. Should I pause? No, you're fine. Okay. But so that was like, that was the like, where the bar was set is like, as long as we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not addicted or whatever like so you know we're not banging them so we're not we're fine we're well it's also like fine. at that time you weren't doing this is prescription pills so yeah. like what like you had never done had you done heroin at that point no was that also a bar like well i'm not doing yeah how do you feel about was, heroin like i was like totally nope 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 were you like a snob? Like that's for yeah. I was like, oh, like I'm just having that. fun. Like that's for junkies. Yeah, like there's a there's an old Sublime like lyric where he's like, I'm a funky, not a junkie, but I know where to get it. Like, <laughs> so that's kind of like how you kind of like that's how I judged it anyway. I was like, oh, I'm not a <laughs> um, junkie. I'm a you, funky. Like, you judged cool. it based on the lyric of a man who died overdosing on heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, what can you do? Goals, right. Uh, you know. So like, but I mean, the oxy thing is just like it's way worse than like heroin ever could be just because of that stigma like i mean not now like but just because you think it's not that bad because this prescription yeah it's a prescription it's fine. but you weren't like well Doctors it's not my prescription but you're yeah. like but they give it to people all the time exactly and they're like they don't give heroin to people like you know yeah but they do it's just formulated different it has a pill and it's stamped oxycontin yeah wow yeah so that was like a big stigma that you don't really see when you're young and dumb and like just blind to that whole thing when uh so obviously you were just doing that and having fun and selling drugs to get more drugs pretty much at, at what point i feel like i just asked this maybe not at what point did you go like did you at a certain point realize it was a problem? Um, yes and no. Like, a problem is, like, something you can't have a handle on. And, like, everybody thinks they have a handle on it until something totally happens that's out of your control. Yeah. And, like, for me, like, something that happened that was totally out of my control was a friend of mine died. Was that shit got real like ryan passed away yeah and that was and then everybody was like everybody kind of took a step back i was like what the fuck are we doing how long did that step back last not very long maybe like a day you're like, like oh my god maybe like a week because i was living with ryan when he died um no no i, was I think i was sean. home that summer was it during was the summer i was living with sean when ryan died but like right before that i was living with ryan because alexia had kicked me out and I had moved in with Ryan and we spent that Christmas together. 
at Ryan's house and uh, growing Ryan, little Christmas trees to sell to people. Ryan, yeah, we had <laughs> harvested. Weed. Yeah, Ryan had just harvested, and this is my first harvest. So, Ryan harvested. The nostalgia of a good harvest. Yeah, and we were we had so much pot, like all different kinds, like Toronto maple, like some super nice blueberry kush, like just all types of fucking fun stuff. So, we sold a bunch of it, and like Ryan was just hopelessly addicted to cocaine at this point and whippets. And I mean, I wasn't like not doing that kind of stuff. I was like right there with him, like, yeah, let's do like a line or two and do some whippets and shit. Do you think you may have been just as addictive, but you like rationalized it? Yeah, I think maybe I was probably just as addicted, but because everyone probably everyone else probably thinks like it's like when you go to a psych ward, everyone there is like everyone else here is crazy, and you're like, yeah, we're exactly. all here. <laughs> Everyone's here, yeah. And I remember like that was a cool time, I guess, because like it was right around Christmas break, and we had like. All our old friends were back from college, like all the old girls that we hung out with, like Crystal and like Lisa and a bunch of other people. They came over to Ryan's house and we had a bunch of pot and like. So you guys are like so cool, and these girls are like, oh my god. Exactly. So we like kind of lived up the whole like you know gangster mentality, like rock star thingy, whatever. That's where like a lot of the coke comes in. Yeah. Just like yeah, twenties on your titties, bitch. Like for real. Yeah. You know we had a good time. Don't get me wrong. Like you know you're gonna have a good time when you have like lots of drugs and money. So like. (laughs) You know, we had a good time, and that's, like, that's kind of the shit that happens when you have, like, you know, drugs and money. Yeah. You end up having a good time. Go figure. Not all the time. Here we are in a hospital. Yeah, here we are in a hospital for drugs. No money, just drugs. Well, you'd had more money. Yeah, if only. Uh, (laughs) Be a better um, hospital. Okay, so he, when he died, there was, like, a very brief, oh, shit, what are we doing? Yeah, there was a big eye-opener there, like, it was a huge eye-opener for a lot of people, and then, like... Only for a short amount of time. And then and immediately back into drugs. Got depressed and went right back into drugs. And like a whole lot of them, just different ones. Were there ever moments where you were like, after that, where you're like, wow, I, that didn't stop me. Maybe I do have a problem. No. No. You no. never thought you had a problem. I mean. At that point. No. I was like, well, you know, I got a pretty good handle on this and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, I mean, maybe you just don't really think about it when you're like that deep into it. But. I just never really, never really kind of came up. Okay. So, so I never really thought I had a problem. When did you go from... So at some point you went from oxys to heroin. Yeah. How did that happen? Is it just a money thing? Um. Yeah, it was more like a money and a, like, a, can you find it time, like, thing. How did like you rationalize that? Oxys like, were hard to find. And I was like, that's that was where my line was at. It was like, if I'm not doing heroin, I don't have a problem. So then when you couldn't get Oxys, you were like, wh- how did you mentally? I just really wanted to get high one day. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just fucking do it. Were you like, fuck it, I'll just have a problem? Or were you just like, I'll just do it once and then I'll find Oxys oh, yeah, and I'll like, be fine? Yeah, I was like, I'll just do it this one time and it'll be all right, it'll be fine. So I like self-rationalized like with myself. It was like, no, it's just going to be this one time and like you'll get an Oxy tomorrow and then like whatever. And then like come to find out like smoking heroin's like way cooler than smoking Oxys. Like, it felt like way oh, yeah. like, so you leveled up again. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa. Was anyone in your life expressing concern at this point not really they're all doing it with me yeah so all your friends yeah there was no like voice of reason and i i think i was in college but i didn't yeah. i somehow just didn't know that you were doing yeah all you this. had no idea like keegan or nathan were you no living idea. at when you were living at the parents house they never were like 
Is anything going on? No. I guess it's shows. I have a pretty decent handle on all that. Like they don't. Um, uh, well, they don't pay attention. No, they didn't really pay attention. Which to is, much. I mean, as long as you were downstairs and not fighting with Terry and leaving a messy kitchen, like you yeah, could have been lighting other fine. people on fire. I don't think they would have noticed. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like with heroin, doesn't stink when you smoke it. Like were you like smoking in the house? Was, yeah. Oh dang. Yeah. Like all the time. Were people coming over a lot because it was like we could smoke in my house? Yeah, we'd like come by, be like, oh, we could smoke in the garage, and like you just light a cigarette, and then like you have your little foil right there, you take a hit. You it just smells like cigarette. Down. Yeah, it just smells like cigarettes. So like, and then and mom smokes cigarettes in the garage. So exactly, and I smoke cigarettes. In the but garage. it's like, yeah, and it's fine for you to smoke cigarettes. For real. So I mean, um, it was a whole like thing, but like, man. What was the lowest point? Because at some point you moved. This was what I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong. Eventually, you you like reconnected with dad and moved to to Texas, and I was under the impression that that was to get sober. It was at first that was like the main goal was to like move back in because I was like, what happened leading to that? Like in a tight spot, I like man, I fell off super hard, and like I got a I got a bunch of heroin sent from Texas. Who did you know in Texas? My old friend, Timmy. I mean, I'm not trying to... But you had never lived in Texas at that point. No. So there was someone who would, that you knew From who Alaska would move to Texas. Okay. In Texas. And somehow that those drugs made their way to Alaska. Yeah. A uh, whole... Like almost an ounce of heroin. How... Okay, just to give people listening who don't do drugs, which is probably most of my listeners. How, I don't know... So like with weed, it's like, oh, an eighth is like a bag that'll last an you for a little while. Ounce, it's like 3.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With heroin, how much are you doing? What, how, what's like a, like, you know, like for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to smoke a bowl, you know, one bowl. A tenth. A tenth. So it's a, a tenth of a, of a gram. Yeah. And you had an ounce. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Did you just, was your, were you thinking, oh, I'll sell this? Yeah, and I did. And how like, did you? How much did you sell versus do? Oh, I sold a lot of it. I yeah. made a whole bunch of money. Yeah, I had fucking stacks of fucking hundreds and shit. Like I had to send that mo- a lot of that money back, but then that paid for another ounce. Like yeah, it started with a half ounce, and then got it sent right to the house, man. Right to mom's house. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Came in the mail, and they had no idea. Nope. Our parents are oblivious um, to everything. I mean, my mom was like in fucking Afghanistan at this time, and it was just Terry and me. Oh, so, and like, Terry just is like glued yeah, to his recliner. And yeah, so like Sean had got the same person to send him some, and he fucked it off hella bad. And, like, so this person was real untrustworthy. Like at first, was like, dude, if you fuck me over, we're gonna have a big fucking problem. And, like, oh, he was like, all right, boy, did we? <laughs> oh God, did we ever? So he sent it to me, and like the first couple runs went great because I went from a half ounce to an ounce and a half the next run. Okay. So he sent me a half ounce and fucking boom, I got rid of all of it. Boom. And I mean, I got rid of all of it fucking fast. Yeah. So it was good and it was from Texas and it was some fire. Everybody started buying it. They're like, boom, boom, boom. And I ended up smoking a whole bunch of it. Like, yeah. And all fucked up. So you became heroin guy. Yeah. You were the guy. Yeah. Like. Okay. Yeah. And like everybody was like, oh yeah, you got, he's got that fire and blah, 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 blah. So that lasted for like maybe three or four runs maybe f- maybe five I, mean, I think five runs it lasted for yeah but each run was like an ounce and a half an ounce and a half and then it was like two ounces and then it was like okay this is going too much too fast 
Like, I'm going to end up getting, like, a fucking pound in, like, a month or two, and I just, that's too much. Yeah. So, like. You're like, I'm I, just going to have too much on my hands. I'm not going to be able to. smoking a fuckload of it. Yeah. And, like, just falling off super hard. And I started having, like, fucking gangsters coming over to that, my mom's house, like, knocking on the door, being like, yo, man, uh, yo, fucking, oh, boy, wondering where his money's at. And, like, I'd be all dipped out from, like, smoking dope all day. And I'm like, huh, what? Huh, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, give us that money. And I'm like, what? Nah. So then I have to go to, like, MoneyGram and go send out, like, a couple grand, like, to go fucking down to Texas. And I found out, like, the person that I was fucking getting the dope from was, like, not paying his people in Texas. So, like, he had a problem. And I ended up falling off on a payment that became a larger payment. And then he ended up coming up to Alaska. And we had, like, an issue or whatever. Like, yeah. Ended up having to pay him back. And, like, it was just a fucking mess, man. Yeah? Yeah, were, it was just a huge were mess. You, were you living at mom's house yeah. this whole time? Oh, yeah. And they had no idea? No. Mom was in Afghanistan. It was just Terry. And Terry, Terry? had no fucking idea. At some point, didn't you... Did you get kicked out? Did you move out? Me and him had, like, a fight or something. And, like, I ended up getting kicked out, I think. Didn't you? Okay. He called the cops on me, like, once or twice. And then, like, I broke what the for? window of Do his you know? truck. I'm not really sure. Yeah. He just didn't want me to live there, I think. I'm not... I think because Keegan was living there. And he... Maybe he didn't know exactly what I was into. But, but he, he thought something was, shady was up. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wouldn't make, like, drug deals at the house. I'd always go to the stairs, like, or, like, into the neighborhood. Yeah. Right there, like, or, like, down the street, like, past, like, or down to Quinn's house and just sell dope out of Quinn's house. Yeah. Sorry about that, buddy. It's fine. Nobody knows who these people are. Yeah, but, I mean, if you he ever heard that, just go out and meet people in, like, the driveway and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a cigarette. I'm going to get a bag of weed or whatever. And, like, just go out there and, like, make knocks and shit or go to make Chevron and fucking go pitch my little wares. But, damn. I mean, did yeah. you ever get, like, strung out? Yeah. Yeah? Like, where I would be dope sick and shit like that. Yeah? Yeah. Was and this like, around the same time? It wasn't so bad, because I was only smoking it at this point. Yeah, okay. I wasn't shooting it. Like, I didn't really shoot it till I moved down to Texas. Really? Did you Did you move to Texas to get sober, or did you move there cause to get away from a drug people? I moved to Texas to do a lot of stuff, to get, like away from people that like not necessarily wanted to cause me harm but just were negative for me and to get were there some people that wanted to cause you harm yeah probably do you like owed money to or something yeah definitely probably still do yeah maybe i don't know bygones are bygones and most of those people are probably dead or in jail right now but like (laughs) i don't know i don't want to risk it (laughs) yeah so i went to texas just to be safe and you know like what did you have any intention of cleaning up yeah, I had every intention to clean it up. I like, I started going to school. I like enrolled in medical assisting school, and you know I was trying to do the right thing and like. You were doing pretty good at that, was, right? Yeah, I was doing pretty decent. And were shit. you still doing all the drugs then? Yeah, all so. Yeah, I was still. Well, I mean, it didn't. I didn't get heroin right away, and then like my friend Ben came to live with me, which is probably a huge mistake in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, but like so. But even before Ben came to live with me, I, like, figured out how to score pills and shit there. Like, and I'm not talking, like, Vicodin and shit. I'm talking about, like, Oxys and Opanis and Dilatas and, like, the cool shit. So, like, the heavy, heavy yeah. painkillers. Heavy painkillers. Then when Ben got there, like, started shooting up and shit like that again. And, like, it was just all bad. Yeah? Yeah. The, f- so. the first time you shot up, were you with friends? I was with Ben. Had he already done it? Yeah, he had already. He had been, like 
banging stuff for a while. Is he the one who showed you how to do it? Yeah. Did you ever go at that point where you like, maybe I have a problem? No. No. No, I was like, I've been wasting my drugs. <laughs> wow. Yeah, instead of like snorting like two Dilaudids, I like shoot a half of one and be like, whoa. In retrospect, looking back on this, are you like, oh shit, I had a problem? Yeah, I had a huge problem. But when you're in it, you're just like, it's it's our ego. Well, I had like, a, itself. I had like a wasting drug problem if I looked at it back then. So I was like wasting the drugs. I wasn't like, I wasn't doing them right. I was like, yeah, you know. Now you're like, them. I had a drug problem back then. You're like, I'm not getting enough drugs in me. I could have yeah. been get, getting higher. Exactly. For way less drugs. Like, you know. I could have saved so. so much money. Exactly. Because you think like, oh, this will just last me longer. And it's like, no, you're just going to need nope. more drugs. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. And it just is a weird cycle to like be in. Unless you're in it, you didn't. It's kind of hard to explain to someone. Like, so you went to medical assisting school, but you were doing drugs that whole time. Oh yeah. Okay. And so I was doing drugs and I was selling drugs at the medical assisting schools too. Sometimes you were. Yeah. How did that work? I don't know, I'd just get some drugs and then like go and to school with them and like people wanted drugs. Yeah, people like drugs. So start out with pot and then people are like, "Can you get cocaine?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Oh, can you get Vicodin?" It's like, yeah. And they're like, can you get like other drugs, like cooler ones, like heroin? I was like, yeah. They're like, how about meth? And I was like, yeah, I can get whatever the fuck you want. Like, do you have money? That's crazy. What's crazy to me is, and it shouldn't be crazy because it's such an epidemic. It's like you could probably get it anywhere, but like that you manage to find the people who have the drugs everywhere you go. Yeah, it's fucking a skill. Like, it really is a skill set. I don't know. It's not a good skill set to have, but it definitely is a skill set. Like, me and my buddy Merlin, like, still have this conversation when we talk Merlin. yeah man shout out to merle oh, wherever God. the fuck he is but like we could go you could drop us off anywhere man somewhere that they don't speak english and we you can find, find the, the drugs we'll find the dope okay so you were in texas for a few years lived with dad for a while moved out kicked out what uh, happened there i think i got kicked out for the most part and uh was it me and Jesse had a fight, and like, oh, okay, Jesse, your brother, yeah, or step or and like step sibling. It was anyway because he had a kid and like a kid, so they're not going to kick him out. So they kicked me out. I ended up living with this girl I was dating at the time, Jenny. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. I love her to death. We still talk. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, and she was probably like she really did give a fuck about me. Yeah? yeah, was she worried about your drug habit? Um, she didn't really know. I mean, we did like we smoked pot and drank together. So, but you kept all of the rest of the stuff hidden. Yeah, I definitely kept it hidden. Like we do a little blow here and there, and like that was it. Like, so you had this like whole separate life. Kind of, yeah. It was like, but when I was with her, like I, I like look back on it now. I wasn't really doing a lot of like I wasn't really doing a lot of like drugs then. It was just like whatever she would do. Like, so do you think? I mean, do you think that's because of her? Do you think you are? Is it, I mean, not her specifically, but like your mental state, maybe you were feeling it. Yeah, I was happy to like be with someone that like I care, like cared about me, like, you know what I'm saying? Because she really gave, she was down as fuck for me, man. She did on anything for me. That's amazing. Yeah, she was super cool chick. Like, we were down for each other. Like, you know, I didn't, like, she always would think I'd cheat on her with this girl at my work, and I never did, like, (laughs) ever. Like, I mean, Uh. I had so many opportunities to fuck this girl at work. I never did, though. Uh. Like, she thought that I'd, like, we and her were like fucking the whole time and like so she was super insecure about that then she ended up cheating on me like so it was like a whole like bang bang thing oh god so but that sucks it is what it is man so i got super depressed and started doing like heavier drugs heavier drugs so like that was the end of that and you got back into drugs or yeah, started I mean, doing more started heavy drugs doing more heavy drugs be like the 
Yeah. Okay, so how did we get to between then and you had your overdose? I was trying to figure out a better word. That was like probably what, like a month or two ago now? Yeah, it was like a month and a half ago. Yeah, a month and a half. Between that moment and then, was it all downhill? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. So you ended up at some point moving from Texas. You again reconnected with dad. Yeah. Or I don't know if you guys hadn't been talking, but you asked dad to come stay with him. Did you, were you planning to get your shit together then? I mean, I was kind of. I was like, I'm going gonna, gonna to move down there and like he lives close to the river. I'm going to fish all the time and like it's going to be cool. Be and, like, happy. That worked out for the most part. Were you still doing? I mean. All the drugs at that time? No. No. When I first got here, I wasn't. I had stashed like I had smuggled probably 60 Vicodin mm-hmm. and like a quarter ounce of fucking train wreck. What is my, train wreck? It's weed. Oh. It's, it's a strain of weed. Oh. And like, <laughs> like is that heroin? Like, uh, maybe like ten grams of train wreck in my suitcase when okay. I got when I came here. Okay. So like the Viking was gonna be to make it so I had money and then the train wreck was gonna be for my head. So that worked out for the most part. I sold most of the Vicodin. I did a lot of them too. Gave some <laughs> to dad because he likes Vicodin. And like so Friends in the family. Yeah, it really does. Those opioids, man, they'll get you. Um But I got rid of most of that stuff and like was doing pretty good. I was going fishing every day, skating, you know, smoking little bits of pot here and there and like and just didn't have the drive to do like anything cuz before I moved from Texas, I got hella hooked on meth. Really? Yeah, just like out of happenstance of like just doing a bunch of and fentanyl. Like I was getting fentanyl patches for hella cheap cuz I was growing pot and like getting all these Vicodin from Mexico from my buddy. And like I was at this bar and like everybody liked them, so like I met a whole bunch of people that had a whole bunch of stuff. Like, that was, like, the beginning of the end, right? Because that's right. I knew I had to get out of Texas, man. So I was shooting fentanyl patches and, like, fucking doing dope all the time. Like, fucking banging fucking meth. And I was just really, um, really in a bad at spot. At that point, did you go, I have a problem? Because I feel like up to that yeah. point, you had never been like, yeah. I have a problem. I did. I was like, dude, you got to fucking stop. You my were like, friend, I don't have a handle on this. Like, my friend Allison, like, she's a real, she's a sweetheart, man. And, like, the girl I was living with at the time, this girl, Sarah, was like, you have a fucking problem, you're a fucking drug addict. And I was like, you're a fucking psychopath, so, like, fuck what you say. <laughs> she seriously is a psychopath. But, like, <laughs> she was, like, smoking crack with a neighbor and shit, so, like... And I she's like, like, you have a drug yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. So, it's and then my friend Allison, she, like, was like, dude, you're, like, out there now. And, like, she'd come over and get the Vicodins and shit from me because she liked drugs, too. But, like, I started fucking having these fentanyl patches, and she was like dude, please be careful. Please be careful. And like, like she I, was like, she's doing other drugs and she's realizing yeah, like you're she's worried about further me, like, gone. Then I even had like a poem that I wrote like her about like, or like a text that I still remember texting her. And like, I was like, she's like, be careful. And I was like, not too much. The siren whispered. It may kill you like, <laughs> just about fentanyl. Like, and she was just like, dude, please be careful. Oh my God. You were like in love with fentanyl. Yeah. Like for how real. many at this point, You've lost multiple friends because of drugs, right? Fuck, dude, like, so many. overdoses, and you've also had friends, like, who you've lost over, like, drug deals. But yeah. it wasn't until that moment that you were like, I gotta stop. Yeah, well, that was, like, a me thing. I was like, dude, something, like, this has gotta give, dude. 
Man. And like, it just took so much for me to be like, you know, like something's got to give for you, bro. Like for to admit that you have a problem. Yeah. And I was like, something, something's got to give. So is that where you're like, I'll go to Florida. I'll clean up. Yeah. In Florida. That was my plan was to like come to Florida and clean up and like fucking just get off of all these drugs and shit. Did you think I'll get off all drugs? You're like, well, I'll go to Florida. I'll just stop doing meth and fentanyl and then I'll be fine. That's what I was kind of going for was to stop doing those things. Yeah. Because I was getting way out of control. I was super paranoid. I wasn't sleeping. Like I was up. I was like, there was so much shit happening like in Texas that like was sketchy. Like, oh my God, so much sketchy shit. Yeah. Well, with, like people and then like this gun and like this these bodies like and like the whole just a whole bunch of shit oh p- people are like dying and there's all these like shit going yeah. on around drugs and you're like i don't want to be around like this my friend's gun got stolen and it got used in a murder and then like there was all these cops sniffing around his house and he just as a young kid and like i could just see him giving me up and being like no he's got dope though and like you know and i was growing pot and like selling massive amounts of like methamphetamines and fucking fentanyl yeah like so i was like just super paranoid i wasn't sleeping because of the meth and like it was just in a bad way i was like i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here and the girl i was living with wasn't helping any she used a f- space guys and she's like you're a fucking piece of shit anyway she was just like not helping so yeah. i just knew i had to get out of that element or i was gonna end up like in prison or dying or something yeah so like i got away from there as quick as i could and uh, ended up in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So, when you originally came here, you were living with dad. And then the last I had talked to you was a few weeks before we all found out that you were in the hospital. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, but you called me because dad had kicked you out. I think I remember. And what you said was you got to fight with Jesse. Dad kicked you out. You have no money. And your phone was like getting ready to die. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't know what to do. So I was like trying to stay on the phone with you. Your phone dies. The next thing I hear is you went to jail. Yeah, I did go to jail. And that's because you went back to dad's house? Yeah, I went back to dad's house to go get some things and i got arrested like a charger and stuff yeah i got arrested on that i spent like two days in jail i got out super quick but like were you on were you still on the fentanyl and stuff no i was i was i was in texas i hadn't done that the whole time i've been in florida okay so but were you on vicodin yeah i was definitely on vicodin that's mainly the main reason i went back to dad's house was to get like the stash of vicodin i had there okay so i had like like 100 pills there Okay, so you're like, let me just get my and pills. ended up being 50 because he took some, but like, whatever. And that was all the money and like shit that I had. So you're like, that was how I was going to make money. Exactly. Were you planning like, I'll make money off of this and then I'll, by then I'll have had, I'll have found a job. Yeah. And I'll be stable. This is just, well, did that feel temporary or you're like, I'm going to find more if I can, I'm going to sell more. No, drugs. I mean, I could have got more. All I had to do was make a phone call. Yeah. Okay. So you're like, this is just a temporary thing. Yeah. And then I'm going to get out of drug dealing. I'm just going to find a job do my thing so i was getting them for super cheap i mean i probably still could get them if i wanted to but i don't want to so like good but like just a phone call like i had friends in texas that were willing to do that shit but like so and i ended up buying you i got you a hotel room yeah a night at a hotel room yeah a night maybe two i don't know i don't remember i just because i remember there's a part of me it's like i want to help you 
I don't have that much money. And I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, I don't think I should send him money because I don't know what's going on. But I think maybe he's not sober and I would feel terrible sending him money. And then like me end up using it for drugs. So I was like, how can I help him without giving him money? Which is like, I don't know what the right or wrong thing is, but that was my logic. Yeah. And I didn't have more than enough money to get you, you know, here's two nights. I can have a pizza delivered if I can figure that out. Yeah, no, and that helped. Like, I mean, I guess it helped, but maybe it didn't, like, because of the people I met at the hotel. Hello. Oh, no. Sure. Pause. We're back after the doctor visit. That uh, is good news. That doctor, you're going to go to the 14th floor, which is inpatient rehab. And that's fun. Yeah, that's super fun. Uh, we'll get to that, though. Um, let's see. Okay, so I feel like we're coming up on the the big climax of this whole situation. Um, <sighs> okay, so you're kicked out. You're doing... I get, what happens between you getting kicked out? Because I remember we talked about Aunt Mo was going to come have lunch with you and maybe you'd go live with her in tampa yeah that's that's probably what i should have done but where but you said you had like a friend who had a job for you yeah was that job sort of drugs or or i mean it wasn't that was a that was a whole plan that was like you really had a friend who like a real job and like that's who i was actually living with when all this happened okay so you go live with your friend and just still doing vicodin the whole time how did did you fully get back into drugs what do you remember um i remember like when I was at the travel lodge, I met this girl. Oh, God. I saw her on your Facebook, and I immediately hated her, and I was like, that woman is bad news. Yeah, she is bad news. She's, I mean, she's got kids and shit or whatever. I mean, she's anyone right. who has words like, never mind. I'm not going to bust out this woman. But I saw her on her, your Facebook, and then mom friended her, and I was like, oh, this is just a hurricane of crazy women trying to befriend each other, and this is a recipe for disaster yeah, for all of us. Yeah, that totally was a recipe for disaster. Did- so, like... There oh no it's chick. the hotel i let you stay yeah yeah anyway she was in the room next door or whatever and like she ended up coming over and like anyway yeah it was so you had anyway. a, a momentary fling in your fit of yeah emotions and sadness and possibly on drugs yeah and then like i ended up having like my buddy like send me a care package there which contained like a hundred or so Vicodin. Good Lord. Yeah, so that was interesting. So I was able to pay for the room for a couple more days. Okay. After all that and stuff like that. So that was... That? That. Yeah. And then you go so, live with your friends? And then I got, yeah, and then I got, like, able or- to go live with my buddy. And she's like, well, what about me? And I was like... What about you? What about you? She's like, well, I can't come live with you. And I was like, fuck no. No, I'm going to be like. I barely have a fucking place to live. No, fuck no. What do you think? Oh, uh, she like thought you guys were going to run away together. I don't know what the fuck she thought, man. But Aren't like, you going to take care of my kids? Yeah, I wasn't going to like take the travel lodge booty and run with it. <laughs> she was a sweet girl, but like. You're like, this was, uh, this was supposed to be a low point in my life. Yeah, I was like, look, man. It's n- n- nothing on you. But I mean, at that time, like she did introduce me to some people that like. I mean... That had drugs. Yeah, and, like, I was selling, like, the Vicodin and shit to, like, her people and, like, trading them for other shit, like, because, you know, I'm a drug addict, so, like, that's what we do. Yeah. So, like, mostly pot at first, and then it started being, like, dope. Yeah? So, like, yeah, so I traded some in for dope, and then, like, 
I ended up, I don't even know how, like, when I got to Chris's house in Winter Springs, like, I was like, all right, I'm cleaning up, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I think one time I had someone come out there and bring me some smack. And, like, after that, I was like, all right, I'm fucking done. Because I think my buddy DJ, who's, like, Chris's brother, who was, like, ex-junkie, and he, like, he fucking caught on super quick to what the fuck was going on. Because he knows he, all the he, oh yeah. sneaky shit. He knows all he the did tricks it all. of the trade. He knows everything. And he was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I have a pretty fucking good idea. Fucking quit it. Don't. And I was like, all right. So I kind of heated that and, like, kind of stuck to my own. I didn't have anybody come over. I was like, all right, well, like, I'm going to be I'm gonna be good about this. I'm not going to fuck this off. I'm going to sober up. only place to live. Together. And I'm like, you know, I started drinking a little bit. And, like, I didn't really even smoke that much pot. Like Just drinking mostly? Yeah, mostly drinking a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Just because that was all I could do. And, like, lots of wine, lots of bourbon. But, I mean. Lots of whatever was available that you could afford. Pretty much. Yeah, so. Classic addict. Pretty much. So, I mean, there was all that. I wasn't getting Vicodin sent anymore from Texas. I stopped that. I stopped everything. Like, so you're like, I'm good. Yeah, and I was supposed to get, like, my friend was supposed to send me, like, a substantial amount of pot that he owed me. And that never came through. That fucker still owes me, but, like, whatever. Not really right about that. But <laughs> he sent me a little bit, and, like, I sold that, and, like, I got some money, like, a decent amount. So I gave Chris and them some money to stay there, like, a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Like your rent or yeah, thank you for letting me stay. And I got like side jobs. I never really had like a full time job. Was Were you trying lawns. to get a full time job? Yeah, I was looking and like all the time. Okay. Like so, I was like doing odd jobs, like mowing grass and like fucking you know working at the restaurants here and there, just to you know make ends. You don't have a car, do you? No, I didn't. I was skating everywhere at this point and like riding a bike. And you were still selling. No. No. Okay. I wasn't selling anything at this. It point. It impresses just... me how much you sold drugs and never really had a car. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? But I guess addicts will come to you. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> will. If you have drugs, they'll definitely come to you. But, I mean, I was, like, trying to do right or whatever, and, like, I was doing all right at it. I mean, yeah. nothing crazy. Then, like, I'm not really sure how all this transpired, but, like, I went out one night after I got paid, and, like, I don't remember. I remember, like, scoring some blow and maybe some, like, Hair dope. Yeah, and I think Smack, it was fentanyl. Heroin. Fentanyl. You don't really know. I mean, it was. You've like been drinking. White. Yeah, I was drinking. It was just a a, a substance that you were gonna put yeah, inside it you. It was like so. I was like, all right, and I had like some needles left over, and I was like, all right. At cool. this point, how long it had had it been since you had done anything besides it drink? It's been a while, like a month or two. Month so or I'd two. Like okay. Completely like cleaned up. So I got like some of it and did it. And then I think the next day I was, like, able to, like, go on an interview or something. But that was the end of that. Like, that was the last time I remember anything. And I guess I got found, like, that day. I don't remember any of it. Like, I didn't get found at the house. I got found, like, down somewhere. On the street? Like, yes. Like, with a needle? No, I don't think. I didn't. Oh, I don't. I feel like that's the story I was told, but I don't remember. I mean, I don't really remember any of it. It could have totally happened. But, like, I don't, I didn't really, like, make it a habit to do dope outside the house. And if I did it, like, at the house, I did it, like, in one place. I was, like, in my room with the door locked, like, so no one could find me doing it. So you must have, like, you did this at, like, the bar or something? No, it was, this was, like, during the day, so it was, like, the next day it had to have been. So you did the drugs and they were just still in your system, you No, I, I had more left over, like, so there was, like, more. So you did more? And then probably it was, like, a wash or, like, the what little bit I had left in a baggie and then, like, all the washes. Which are like the cottons, like the cottons. Yeah. Oh. So like. Which is like, the, like the heroin equivalent of. Uh, Reburn. Res. Yeah. Like yeah. 
pretty right? much. Is yeah. that the word? Yeah, resin. Like yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Okay. They're just all like the residuals, whatever's like left over in these little pieces of cotton. You like put back in your spoon, and you can get high on them one more time. Maybe unsick would be more the term I would use. Unsick. Oh, because it's like you're getting the the brown sugar shakes. Yeah, you get fucking dope sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I mean. So you don't really remember the actual like no. overdosing. Nope. You still have no idea where you were found. It was just Good Samaritan. Yeah, someone just found me. And called 911. Yeah, and like I had like a whole different scenario of how this all transpired in my head. Like what did you think happened when I you came to? I thought like I was like at the house and like. Living with dad, like that no, house. I was, oh, no, no, I okay. was at uh, Chris's house and I was in the garage and I was just like, oh, I got to go to the hospital because something's fucking wrong. And like someone, I think dad came and got me and took me to the hospital. That's what you thought had happened. That's what I thought had happened. So that's just all something you like either made up or dreamed up within yeah. this. Yeah. So that's you. What didn't happen. <laughs> so you just wake up in a hospital. Pretty much. Uh, how did that feel? It was fucking weird. Yeah. Because I thought I was there for like a job. What do you mean? I was like, was thought I was there for a job. Like I thought I was there for like to be a medical assistant or something. Oh, like you were so out of it that you thought like... Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm here for the medical assistant because there was a bunch of like people that were there to get jobs and I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm here for that. There were like students around you? You're like in a hospital bed. Yeah. <laughs> going like... And they're like, oh, and I thought like we were all playing like the patient or You're whatever. like, I'm playing the patient. Yeah. And, and they're um, probably like, sure you are, buddy. Yeah, they were like playing along like, yeah, okay. And then like, I don't like know what the fuck I was thinking. At what point were you like, wait a second, this is not what I think it is. I, when I like couldn't breathe and like they were like no no you're definitely here for a reason and like this guy from Russia like a doctor he was like no let me tell you a little story bud and like <laughs> told me this tale and I was like what the fuck he's like yeah you were airlifted here and like shit's serious and you're fucking in critical condition and I was like what the fuck and then like they transferred me here so that was at a different hospital yeah this was at South Seminole and they transferred you here yeah I think I don't know if I was airlifted here I came by I think I was airlifted here. Yeah, they, this is the place you were airlifted, I think, yeah, from the so story was, I was told. I don't really be a mom, be a the doctor. Either. Yeah, so you were just, I mean, well, you were nearly dead. Yeah, I was about the dead. The doctor said if, if you had been found 12 hours later, you would have died. You'd be dead. Yeah, I was pretty much. Was hearing that when you heard the doctor go like, no, this is, let me tell you a tale. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't remember any of that. And I was like, man, are you, that can't have, that couldn't have been me. And that, that was, man, I was like, wow, I don't remember any of that shit. And they're like, well, it's not uncommon. And they told me, like, what I had and, like, why. I was like, well, like, rhabdomyolysis and, like, what the fuck? And they're like, compartment syndrome. And you're lucky to be alive. And I was like, what the fuck? How did all this happen? And I was trying to replay it in my brain and I still never, I still haven't You got still it. have no yeah, idea. I still haven't got it. Like, Could right. be your brain just doing you a favor. Probably. Let's just tuck like, that blocking away. it out. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't. I like to think if someone found me or whatever, man, I like to thank them, but like, I don't know. Were they like, the the doctors knew it was drugs? Um, No, they didn't really at first. They just knew I had rhabdomyolysis and I was found down. And like the the big wound I have on my ass cheek and this all, it was just from like laying on, being on that side. Yeah. And like all the So the, maybe you could have just passed out for yeah. some reason. In your head, were you were you like, this is probably drugs, but I'm not going to say anything. No, or were was, you like, well, maybe I just passed out. Like, no, I definitely told him what was up. I was like, yeah, I have fucking history of like being a heroin addict. And they're like, when's the last time you used? And I was like, well, I don't really remember. And then like kind of came to me. But 
you know, to this day, like, I couldn't say if it was, like, I overdosed or what happened, but, like, I'm just lucky to be alive if I did overdose or I didn't or what, like, but, I mean, it could have been the weather, like, because it was super hot that day and I was, like, dehydrated. I, I don't know. could have been one of a million things. But, like, so you don't... Drugs definitely played a part in it, I know that. Like, drugs... It wouldn't have happened where there are not drugs involved. Yeah, and if it... Well, it wouldn't have been this severe. Yeah. If, it, if there weren't drugs involved. So you're not... I might have just been dehydrated or something. I wouldn't have, like, had rhabdomyolysis and compartment syndrome. Like. Yeah. And you would have probably just pass the fuck out or whatever yeah, seemed to happen. some water and some IV fluids and I'd have been all right. But now it's been like a month and I've been in the hospital. So like. How are you feeling? Lucky, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel lucky to be alive and like, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. Like, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but like. Like that was your moment of. Like my trial by like fire, like like you would have died if you if there wasn't a purpose. Yeah, if there for wasn't you. a purpose for me to be here, then I would have just died right there. Like someone wouldn't have found the you. End of my fucking story. Like oh, you don't really have a purpose, so you're dead. All right. Well, moving forward, like so, you're gonna go from here to inpatient rehab. Yeah. At the hospital. Yeah, according to the lady that, Burke on. That was uh, <laughs> the hijab. Oh, um, Burke a hijab, same thing. Okay, well, let's not show our racial ignorance. Oh, well, um, <laughs> good job. She was a Muslim doctor, you guys. It's fine. Um, she was very nice and apparently is heavily advocating for you. Kurdish. Um, <laughs> uh, they were worried about you being able to go into rehab, right? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. And I mean, it's not going to be like an inpatient rehab for drugs. It's going to be an inpatient rehab for, for like, your body. For my body to like get my legs working. I mean, they work, but they're not like... I mean, I saw awesome. you try to... St- you, they barely work. Yeah, I got to use the walker and... Like, You're going to need a lot of physical therapy. Yeah, taking a shit's an accomplishment, if that says anything. So, like, <sighs> yeah. How are you feeling about drugs? I mean, I get them every day. Yeah, that's weird. That, like, is. Do you think Do you think you don't ever want to do them again? I imagine. I, I don't mean, know. No, I don't really, but I know I'm going to have to. Like, when I get out of here, like, I'm going to obviously have to take painkillers just to like get through the day and move about like because there's no way like the dressing change that i had today there's no way i could have done that without like being on pain the oxys that they gave me earlier like there's no way have you talked to them about how you're going to get off of those um is there a plan i mean i don't know i think they'll cover that when i get to rehab or like whatever but i mean i'm definitely going to be going to like meetings and stuff like that probably going to be not drinking for a very long time just probably good because, like, I've noticed that, like... I mean, you said at the beginning of this podcast what got you into drugs was, like, well, I was drunk and, like, you're drinking. Your exactly. inhibitions are lowered. Do you think maybe you might quit drinking altogether? Yeah, probably because, like, I look back and, like, a lot of the problems I have with drugs are, like, alcohol-related, if that makes any sense. I mean, it, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. They're drug-related, too, like, because yeah. I like drugs and I like to be high and stuff like that. I'm an addict, like, no doubt, like, to the illest extent, but, like... Alcohol doesn't help. It definitely clouds the mind. You're just like, it's fine. Yeah, I got it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah we're like, fine. For real. Only thing worse than an addict is a fucking drunk addict. Like, for oh. real. Like, I mean, it's just two addictions in one, I think. Pretty much. Or just piling it on. Do you think, so you're going to try to go to like, what, like NA, like sober programs? Like AA, NA, something like that. Like, I don't know, like, I mentioned like something about pot or like whatever like that. And Aunt Margaret and Aunt Mo were like, well, I don't think that's such a good idea. And I was like, well, I mean, you guys aren't really like a drug addict or never have been. So like maybe you should like 
not judge me for that. Like, well, I know, but I also get the logic of like, I think at least at the beginning doing a little bit of one drug probably isn't a great idea. No, I'm not. Cause then you like, go, oh, I'm okay with the pot. Yeah, no, I'm not going to dive right into that. Like, and if I do start even doing like smoking pot again or like eating edibles or anything, it'll be well after I heal up and like get off of fucking painkillers and stuff like that. Cause like, I'm not stupid. I'm well aware is like, I'm going to have to take painkillers for a while just to like get my strength back. Just to function. Like, yeah. Just to like, cause these wounds are no joke. Like, I mean, they're gnarly. Does it, does it worry you the idea of having like still having prescription drugs, like access to like a, access to a prescription yeah. once you're gone? Oh yeah. That definitely worries me. But like, I mean the stuff they give me now is like you know, oxy tens or like fives or whatever. And, like, they're formulated to not be able to, like, tamper with or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're, yeah. like, tampered evident or tamper resistant or proof or whatever. Nothing's really tamper proof. Like, uh, I mean, But they can know. How yeah. do you, um, obviously, you know a ton of people connected to drugs. Yeah. Have Are you going to cut those people out of your life? Like, what's your plan? Probably. I'm going to live with, like, Aunt Margaret and Aunt Mo. Who are so the like, furthest from drug addicts. Yeah, for real. So, like, that'll be, like, probably help me, like, the most. It's like, so great that just, they are It is really angels. good that they're trying to, like, do right by me. They're drug addict nephew. So, that's, they're, they really are angels, man. They, like, they're, like, so willing to help. And, like, they're just always like that. They're like that with grandma. They're like that with anybody, man. With anybody who needs help. Yeah. Family or not family, they'll just be like, no, we can help you. We can help you. As long as you want to help yourself, we'll, we'll, we're willing to help. Which I think is more than fair. It is. And I'm definitely willing to help myself, obviously, because I definitely need a change or I'm going to fucking die. Like, I came to grips with that a while back. And I was like, dude, if you don't, like, do something, you're going to fucking die. Like, you're going to yeah. die. And you realize that, like, that's not what you want? No, and this isn't how I want to go out. I think I got a lot more to do. Like, I got a lot to learn. But I think I might have even a little more, to t- like, a little something to teach people. Yeah, do you think maybe that's what all this—the silver lining—is? Maybe you, maybe man. are you hoping maybe to like go out and talk about your story and help other people? Yeah, I mean, I talked to Nate about it, and like me and Nate have had a couple of heart to hearts, and like I mean, I want to reach out to him and help him the most, like because he's family and like he definitely needs it. He's got a kid and shit, and like he just is so lost, man. And like I love the kid to death, like, and I mean, for some reason he looks up to me. <laughs> I don't understand why but like and it's always been like that like people have always kind of like keegan and nathan they're always been like man yeah you're like the dude i looked up to and i was like why the fuck would you look up to me because you're older than them yeah that's what you do like, you're like the big brother yeah but i mean like look at me man i'm not anybody to be looked up to like you know like mm. i fucked i fucked up like really hard like don't I, well the good news is is that f- fucking up doesn't mean you can't change moving forward that's true and like i'm just glad i have the opportunity to do that and i didn't die somewhere like in a fucking ditch yeah yeah like that's that 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 was a real that was a real possibility like yeah like do you think i could have died in a fucking ditch somewhere that's very true do you think that do you think the fact that you either overdosed or whatever whatever this situation was that I've been calling an overdose. Yeah, I mean, it could have been an overdose or like, I still don't know. So I've been like, my brother overdosed, but I don't really know. Do you think this situation was a crazy random thing or do you think 
with the life you were living, something like this was inevitable. I think it was inevitable. It was bound to happen at some point. Like, because I've watched too many friends like OD and like go through the same shit. Like Ben, I don't know how, I don't know how my friend Ben, what up Ben? I don't know how <laughs> he's still alive. This kid's overdosed like nine fucking times. Like I don't really don't. What, um, and he just gets taken to the hospital and like Yeah, and he's it? completely fucking fine. Like I don't yeah. know how, like he's a, like, I don't know. He overdoses more than anybody I know. Yeah. And like he's still alive and like he just keeps keeps trucking. I think that's why he keeps getting back into it, which I think is a testament to the strength of addiction. Yeah. And he's like he's doing good now, man. He's got a he's got a motorcycle and he's living up in uh, Linwood. So he's doing all right. Yeah. Do you think um, we Facebook? We Facebook. I like that. Do you think um, how do you feel about the stigma around drug addiction? I think that there's a huge stigma around it and people are think it's taboo or like maybe it's like, oh, well, maybe you do drugs because you're weak or you can't handle life or like, man, it knows no bounds, man. It doesn't know creed or race or sex or color. It doesn't matter like what socioeconomic status. Drugs don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah. They don't care. They do not care and they do not discriminate. And it's just one thing that I've learned like going through life is you never know who the addicts are and you never like really know like someone's story until you take the time out and like talk to them or what someone's been through. Like you really just don't know. Yeah. And do you think that like as a society, maybe we sweep it under the rug or people are like, definitely people don't get the help they need as quickly because people don't want to talk about it. Like, do you feel like if you would, do you think there's opportunities where somebody maybe might have known something was up and they could have said something to you, but instead didn't? Um, yeah, I think maybe that like people are like, well, no, I think I think he's got a handle on it, or maybe they like had an inkling or like uh, an idea, yeah, and they were like, no, I think it's it's okay, and they didn't want to bring it up because they didn't want to seem like I don't know, rude, rude or weird. But, like, but it is like a weird. I get it. People get like it's a forward thing yeah it really is it's like a taboo thing and they don't want to talk about it and there's no good way to bring it up no there's not and the only good way to bring it up is like are you on fucking drugs tell me right now like you know you need to be forward and direct with this shit because it can kill you it can take it can take your life or the life of a loved one and like you don't want to be the guy sitting there being like well i should i thought something was up and i should have asked the like, bargaining you, phase you guy. don't want to be that person man you really like, don't if like, only i had said something yeah i've never been that person but like you don't want to be that person I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Like I've been on a couple sides of the fence when it comes to drug addiction and people overdosing and dying and stuff like that. And like, it's sad every time, but like there's certain sides of the, the argument or the fence that you just don't want to be on. And the one that was like, Oh, I should have said something and didn't can guarantee that's not a fun one. Yeah, for sure. But what's your, uh, Going forward from here, what are your hopes, your plans as far as life and and, and your addiction? Like, and I can get the help I need, and in turn, like maybe like I can help somebody else, like pay it forward, so to speak. Like yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like because I mean, I obviously like there's a reason I'm still alive, or like there's a reason that like this has happened to me or something. But like I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is, but. I know that I can use it for good or I can use it for evil. Yeah. Like I know there's two ways to go here. And if I know anything that like, it's not the time to go like evil. Like I've done that enough in my life and like, maybe I should try to go the other way and see what happens. Yeah. 
but definitely there's like this is one of those like fork in the road type once in a lifetime fucking opportunities that people rarely get yeah and like something needs to be done positively with it otherwise it's just another wasted opportunity yeah i'm tired of wasting opportunities like i feel like maybe i've wasted like a bunch of them in my lifetime or like haven't acted on any of my full potential yeah and you don't want to do that anymore no i really don't i want to like do right by like i don't have fucking kids or anything like that but i want to do right by myself and in turn like do right by like my family because like man i'm i'm sick and tired of disappointing these people that i love so much and that care so much about me and i can guarantee they're fucking sick of it like i don't know why they are agreeing to help me now but like they are and like because your family yeah i know but still i've fucking disappointed people like i mean like a fucking professional is like a pro at disappointing people and letting motherfuckers down like for real not even just my family like strangers too don't think it's just family like i'll let a stranger down no fucking problem like like oh you didn't even know that you were counting on me right boom you let down how you like like me now like you know it's your superhero power yeah it's let me down man it's shitbag guy (laughs) yeah he's a shitbag yeah what's the theme song don't let me down it's a bird it's a plane it's a huge piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) it's a turd with wings corn cab eyes and a button nose (laughs) stupid are you worried uh <laughs> the way the medical system and like just society uh treats drug addiction are you concerned about being able to get the treatment you need um i don't know about the treatment i need because or the support maybe that you need going the support, forward yeah the support is probably going to be the biggest like thing i'm going to have a stigma with or like people might have a stigma with or i'm going to have to like get over myself because i'm just gonna be like oh they think i'm just like a drug addict or they think i'm just like some fucking druggie or they don't really know i'm not like i'm not a bad person i might have done some fucked up shit in my life but i mean it was for drugs like (laughs) come on now i'm a drug addict i'm not a bad person okay like it doesn't make you a bad person because you're addicted to drugs like if we held like alcoholics accountable for all the bad shit they did while they were drunk yeah people just get to go i was drunk yeah me and my mom probably wouldn't talk like you know Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't hold it against her and I hope that like other people don't hold it against me. Like, I mean, there's, there's totally some motherfuckers that hold some shit against me because I've totally fucked some people over really bad in my lifetime and they totally deserve to be pissed off to all hell to me and like never speak to me again. I mean, but they're not direct family. I don't think I've fucked my direct family over like that, like that. I hope I haven't. And judging by like the response that I've been getting, since I've been in the hospital, I haven't fucked anybody in my immediate family over that bad to where they just don't want to have anything to do with me. They've been super supportive. And, like, if anything, man, like, you guys are, like, getting me through this shit, like, for real. Uh, I'm glad to help. Yeah, man, like, talking to you, like, talking to Nathan, like, man, Nathan's been helping me a bunch. And I've been, I hope, I hope I've been helping him. He needs help. And, like, Nate, if you listen to me, I love you, little brother. Oh, I love him too. I miss him. I do too, man. He's got kids, like, you know, but, like, there again, like, that goes into the whole, like, he's a veteran, and, like, you know, there's just, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, like. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, for real. That's a whole nother issue. Yeah, man. PTSD and. Yeah, and, like, that goes hand in hand with drug addiction, and, like, you know. Do you think some of your drug use do you think any of it's like coping with is was a coping thing fuck yeah yeah oh yeah definitely i'm not gonna say like 
Oh, I use drugs because my parents got divorced at an early age. I use drugs because drugs make you feel awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. But the reason I started using drugs was, you know, there's a million reasons. But, like, I mean, that had something to do with it. Like, you didn't feel adequate enough as a person or you thought there was something lacking in your life or, like, you just felt you know, shitty. You felt like you felt like you could do more and then yeah. you're just like i could do more like we'll try heroin <laughs> i could do more more drugs yeah right and then like you try drugs and then you're like oh these aren't that bad even though they are and like they almost kill you sometimes they succeed trust me i know a lot of people who have lost that fucking battle yeah you do lots of friends yeah lots of friends and just <sighs> horrible it is man and i'm lucky i made it out the other side like I really am. I don't know how and I don't know why, but like here I am talking in this microphone with my beautiful little sister. Huh? I'm glad you're still here. I am and too, hopefully man. getting your shit together. Man, I tell you We're one all thing. supporting you. I don't want to fucking do this shit again, so I'm pretty much done with dope. Yeah. Like I Do you mean, think is it at all helpful? Well, we're gonna wrap up in a minute here and I would love to get your final thoughts, but one more question. Yeah. The fact that sort of the man behind the curtain's been exposed, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. now your family knows that you have a drug problem. Do you think that actually alleviates a little of... Do you think that makes it any easier to to be actively trying to help yourself with treatment and sobriety? Because now you... Do you feel at all like you can talk more openly about it? Or does it not make a difference? No, it definitely is going to help. Like, because before, like you said, you're like... There's like a song that's like, I'm the man in the box. Like, you know covered in my sh- here i am in my shit like you know it's alice yeah. chain song like it's about addiction and like you know and that's how you feel like you feel all alone like and you know that no one can know like your secret and then once it's all out and exposed like it's like this big weight and this big secret's been told and it's already out and you're just like oh fuck it like you they know this like you, you, know? you can't be like that's not true you're just like well the jig is up yeah right it is and like then you have like then you have this overwhelming like thing of support and you're like well what if i would have just said this earlier yeah that you didn't even realize was there yeah i'm like because you think man they don't want to help me i'm a drug addict like, yeah they'll I just make like, your your drug addict like, a thousand stigmas yeah exactly so you have all these negative thoughts going through your head and then you're on drugs like so that doesn't fucking help yeah like you know so now you're like unclear thinking is like even that more unclear because your drug addled brain's like oh no 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 like don't tell they're gonna think i'm a bad person and then they might take my drugs exactly that's pretty much how you think because the only thing you think about when you're an addict is where your next fix is going to come from like that's all you really think about yeah you just stop caring about anything pretty much that's all you really care about is there i mean this is seems like it's your rock bottom other than this any notable key moments of rock bottomness yeah do you do was there anything before this and it's okay if there wasn't was there any other moment before this that you th- and maybe it was did someone just fall or did you fart it doesn't matter fart. a lot of noises in hospitals um was there any other moment and maybe it was in texas before you went to florida but well i don't know why i'm saying so much that you thought was a rock bottom and you're um, like that's it i'm cleaning up did you have multiple rock bottoms or I was this really kind of it i think i was gonna clean up i was just like why do i fucking put myself through this shit like and it was like Christmas time, last Christmas. Last Christmas. Yeah. And the chick I was living with, we weren't dating or anything, but she had moved some other dude into the house and like, it was super really weird. Really weird and yeah, hurtful. Yeah, awkward. And I just remember like getting fucking tore back on fucking dope. Like, I mean, fucked up. 
like yeah and like just being all alone on christmas and like fucking just being like what the fuck like all feeling sorry for myself and like just shit you should never ever do like you know but like that was like a rock bottom for me and i was like man you gotta stop doing this shit this is just gonna kill you i remember crying a lot and like hyperventilating and shit and she's like what's wrong with you i don't understand why you're fucking so upset and i was like you fucking ruined my life you cunt like so and you're like emotional but also on drugs on top of that yeah so like that didn't help at all so like okay that's that was like a low point yeah yeah definitely did you think like maybe i'll turn my life around nope no you're just like if I just move out and do drugs somewhere else, I'll be fine. No, I was just like, man, if I kick this bitch to the curb and stop caring about her, life would be fucking great. Like if I just didn't have feelings, I'd be okay. Exactly. And hence doing drugs because it numbs the feelings. Exactly. So that's when he's fished from heroin to mar- fentanyl. Yeah. All right. Smart, smart. <laughs> smart. Not smart at all. <laughs> um, any final thoughts, things you would like to share? Yeah, don't do drugs. <laughs> Like for real. <laughs> Sorry for laughing. I mean, no. Yeah, like, don't do drugs. Yeah, I mean, you, your life might suck and shit, or like you might think your life sucks, dude. Bro, fucking please. All right, your life does not suck. People love you. Like I need someone to tell me this fucking years ago, probably. Like you're not a piece of shit. You're all right. You might have done some fucked up stuff in your life, but like you're not a piece of shit. And like people like you. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And dog on it. People like you. At least you retained all your memories of weird TV and movie clips. Yeah, right? Hey, man, those are all there. That's good. That's the important stuff. Now, if I could just forget how to, like, that I did drugs in the first place and be like, you don't have a problem. You never had a problem. You're, you're just the squarest boy in the world. Yeah, Christopher boy. freaking Robin. If you could go back to yourself before you tried drugs for the first time, would you do it and try to stop yourself? I don't know. That's a tough one, man. I, uh... I've learned so much about like other people and myself, like doing because drugs of all the situations. Because of all these situations. So you that, think like, this is all the stuff that leads up to you being the person made I'm you supposed the person to be? Maybe like yeah. I don't know about like if this is what's going to shape me, and it, it seems kind of like bougie or like fucked up to like be like, well, like I learned a lot about myself doing drugs. Like I mean, but you do like. Yeah. You learn a lot, like, what you're willing to do for drugs, like, and what you're willing to do as a person. And, like, sometimes you're not very proud of the shit you've done or, like, you have the a shit dick that you're for capable of doing. What's up? You ever suck a dick for heroin? No, fuck no. No. <laughs> but fentanyl. <laughs> no, I've never sucked a dick for anything, like, ever. Like, just way more creative than sucking a dick for something. Not even for love? Nope. Never <laughs> for love. Definitely not for love. That's how I know love's a drug. Yeah. <laughs> you ever sucked a dick for fentanyl? Yeah. No? Did it for love once. What's love? Where do you get that? What's Where his name? Who's that? Who's that? Martinez? Has he got that shit? Huh? Huh? How much <laughs> does it cost? The 50 grams? 60? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Is it good? It's good. It's good. It's good. Let me get into that love. Let me get, let me get that love, man. I'll take, <sighs> I'll take two. All right. Well, you don't have anything to plug because you're a normal person, so you don't have like a show. Yeah, no, I don't um, have a show. Just, you know what, man? If you're like going through hard times in your life, just fucking, you know, reach out to your family members, man. Don't reach out to your dope man or like your ex-girlfriend. God, for the fucking love of God, don't reach out to your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> just reach out to your family, man. And like, you know, like. <laughs> We're still going. We're finishing right now. through a whole bunch of stuff. And like, that's just, just let, like, let, let your family see you through. Don't like. Yeah. That's it? That's it, man. All right. Thank you for letting me interview you. Thank you. Love you, little sister. I love you, too. 
All right. There you go. That is my podcast with my brother, Tom, and uh, and his uh, journey with drugs and addiction. Uh, I'd also like to add that I don't... Uh, at one point during the interview, there's a lot of in and out from nurses and stuff because he's uh, in the hospital. He is being... Uh, you know, they were like checking on him. They had to like help him with dressings on his legs because he's got a really bad wound. Um, and so there's a lot of in and out and having to pause. And at some point, we, uh, I mean, I had restarted the interview and we went like 45 minutes into a story. And then I realized I hadn't restarted it. It was uh, paused in that recording. So uh, I did have to go back and try to take it from the top again. And, and I tried to get everything in there. And hopefully I did. Um, hopefully um, they're... Uh, there was a lot of info in there and uh, I don't know if it will answer any questions you had. I tried to ask them. I don't know if it's cathartic or his answers to the questions I did manage to ask. Uh, I mean, hopefully they give you a good peek and I don't know if they're what you want to hear or not, but they are what they are. And, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen and, uh, and I'll, and I'll plan to follow up with him in six months to a year. Uh, Right after we finished the podcast, a doctor came in to let us know that he would be moving from the floor he was on to uh, another floor for inpatient rehab uh, because he's currently like barely able to walk. He's on a walker. And uh, so a bed had opened up. That was kind of what he was waiting on there. And so they're going to start his uh, rigorous physical therapy to get him back to walking mode. He was very, very thin. uh, And and watching him try to walk was... uh, he, He... required a lot of assistance just to get up and go to the bathroom that was about like five feet away maybe less uh anyway that's the podcast i uh i'm gonna have some some other guests coming up uh some serious stuff some silly stuff lots of uh lots of things coming down the pipeline if you like the podcast again subscribe rate and review on itunes um and if you didn't like it just you know listen to a different podcast maybe turn on the radio turn on your favorite music uh, you know, cry about it, but you know, don't be a dick. Share the podcast with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Um, on a lighter note, if you want to see some comedy, maybe uh, it's been a rough, rough week uh, in the world, and uh, it's hard to get on stage. But I gotta pay my bills, so I will try to uh, bring a little light and laughter into the lives of some people. And, you know, as I as I always attempt to do. Uh, with my work. So, uh, you want to get a little laughter going in your life. I'll be in Huntsville this week at stand up live with Steve Ranazizi, uh, Thursday, August 17th to Saturday, August 19th. Going to do that. Should be a lot of fun. Going to try to uh, visit the Marshall space flight center and, and check out some rocket stuff. And, and that'll be, uh, should be fun. Nerd out a little bit. And uh, week after that, I'm going back to my hometown, Anchorage. If you are an Anchorage person, I'm coming home Friday, August 25th and 26th at Saturday, the 26th at Hard Rock Cafe, 8 p.m. both nights. Uh, tickets are up for sale. I post them all over my my social media. I um, I might do a little last minute dip in ticket prices next week and just go uh, for 10 bucks instead of 15. Just uh just a heads up. I might do a little special for the people who follow me. So there's that. Uh, follow at Blessed Podcast, Podcast on Twitter to stay up on all that's happening 
uh, with here and try to, you know, overcome your own ignorance as I try to overcome mine. And as always, but I think uh, this is one of those episodes where it's especially important. Please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have additional questions about a guest or uh, you want a topic covered that I haven't, maybe you have a specific someone in mind. If you're like, hey, you should talk to a farmer. I know someone. Let me know. Tweet it at me. Message me on my Facebook page. Um... I'll do whatever I can to deliver it. I I, uh, I know there have been a couple requests I haven't got to yet. It's not for lack of trying. Uh, scheduling and many other things sometimes uh, get in the way of me getting the ones I want right away. So just know I am always working on it and I, uh, I want to help you and I want to help everyone else hear the things they want to hear and learn a little bit more about people that maybe we, uh, we can't understand. So, you know, we don't have the firsthand experience. So ask those dumb questions so uh you know i can look dumb for a second and then we just go oh okay that's what that is well glad i asked and uh now i'm feel less dumb so uh so ask questions share the podcast the more we ask the more we learn the more we know and the more we know the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are and isn't that the point thank you for listening and thank you for being patient with my ignorance as always see you soon idiots Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.